I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be oh, playing a game. Oh, there's such this. a cute bunny. This is what I get for looking at bunny gifts before we start. So podcast. It is, it is your fault. You did this to yourself, and it's all I your did. fault. I did. Yes. How dare you? Uh, I want to see bunny gifts. Frankly, I'm uh, mad at you. It, it was <laughs> it was a lady laying on a bed, and and then the, the bunny, bunny like flops next to her to go to yeah. sleep. Yeah, yeah that's, you've that's already a, seen that's it. A good it was. Uh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it like four times. Yes. Bunnies can't be cute to me right now. It's impossible. Uh, Why? Shadow warrior. I've been playing Dishonored 2, and Ew. in the Dishonored universe, uh, rabbits are like dog-sized, but uh, you only but you only <laughs> ever see them in the context of like prepared for a meal. Oh, so wow. you have a so you have rabbits sprawled out like the pig with an apple sort of thing, like all oh, cooked and everything. The, the dead ones. But they're yeah. all like like when they're all sprawled out, they look way too human at a glance. Because they have those long legs and everything, and like the limbs, mm -hmm. like it's way too creepy. And so, like as of today, right now, there's no cute bunnies in my life. <laughs> I can't accept that. You should look at this gif, and it'll make you feel better. No. What was that game that you plays guys played a long time ago, where you crash land and there are cannibals after you? Oh, the forest. The, is that what it was? The forest. I oh, think so. That game sucks. Bioshock? I'm just thinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just. Yeah, I'm actually, just weirdly of games enough, where cannibalism, it, like your opponents are cannibals. Aside from, I suppose. Skyrim, your character is a cannibal. You mean no, your, your character. character is a cannibal. <laughs> well, anybody Weirdo. could be. But I'm my sure some of the people especially... on Outlast were cannibals. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, probably. We never did finish that game. I don't want to finish that game. <laughs> It freaked well, that was too out. scary. That was the no, first playthrough on my channel. It the level design. Okay, so like it we, used we got, darkness to add caught. tension and stuff, but like at one point I was lost and I kept getting murdered over and over and over again. Well, it wasn't that we were getting murdered. It was it was spoilers after the guy cuts off two of your fingers. So uh, like midway through the game. Yeah, yeah. midway through the game. Uh. There are a series of rooms, and you have to find yeah. some way to go down an elevator or something. But you yeah, need that segment's really hard. And yeah. the thing was, he he kept finding us. We kept running. Yeah. You you can like hide under the beds, or yep. and the thing is, the only safe place that we knew of was the air vent. So yeah, that air vent's hilarious. Well, but it's <laughs> it's the only thing that kept us from perishing mm -hmm. time and time again because. He couldn't climb in after us, and we were safe until he rounded the corner or whatnot. But then we would always have to start from that. But we never could scout mm -hmm. enough before we had to retreat back to the vent. To that game is interesting. Every single time just... he's like, "Hang on, hang on a minute, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> his little high pitched voice, <laughs> and he comes charging. That game is interesting you, because, like, like doctor. when I started playing, when I started doing LPing, that game was like LPing red meat. Like, there was almost, like, an insatiable audience for, like, Outlast and Amnesia and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I just watched a playthrough of it and enjoyed it, actually, because uh, Michael and Gavin it, from Rooster Teeth played it. Right? It, it's not bad to watch other people play it. I mean, I it's, it's kind of generic, but it's really interesting. People might be less inclined to play it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so watching... So I mean, at the same time, I could see it being infuriating as well, for at least mm -hmm. from the puzzle game perspective because you might right. know the answer to some things but i think if you're seeing it for the first time i mean there, are, there it, aren't even puzzles it's just find the thing that opens the thing over and over again yeah right. it's actually i don't think i really got stuck at any point i think there was uh, one yeah. confusing part uh, I, where I, kept the... run, I kept running down the hallway 
past Chris Walker over and over again, and there was like a part mm-hmm. where I didn't realize I was supposed to hop in a vent, and it took me too <laughs> many times to notice the vent. But aside from uh-huh. that, like I don't think I got super stuck. It was just a matter of noticing things in the environment. Yeah. Plus, wasn't Another... that like also during the time where like PewDiePie was playing almost exclusively horror games and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? PewDiePie and Markiplier were rising to prominence yep. really hard that year. Yeah. So I think oh, PewDiePie was enjoy very seeing established other by then. Well, PewDiePie yeah. was established, but like he he was he was going from like one of the really large guys to the the, the thing number on one YouTuber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is so he wrote screaming? his like yeah. <laughs> Did he ever do Minecraft, or was it just like horror oh. games and like flash games? I'm going to Google now. <laughs> I don't sure know. I know. Um. I know C-Nanners did Minecraft for, like, quite a while. That, which that's how I weird. discovered C-Nanners was, uh, oh. I, I was like, I want to play mine, uh, Minecraft. I found uh, C-Nanners through. YouTube Minecraft, and then I popped up with C-Nanners, and it was like, oh, it's like a, I was like, it's a, it's a gameplay guide, but it's also, there's a, like, There's a PewDiePie commentary. video from six years ago with no thumbnail called Minecraft Multiplayer Fun on PewDiePie's channel. <laughs> That must have been really, nice. Yeah, that's like, 2010. That must have been yeah, like even like, early days for him. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the level, like an extent of like I don't know what I'm doing on YouTube yet. Even basically, then they have one called Minecraft is scary, which is from a year ago. Oh, uh, probably some mod or like a custom level or something. Yeah. I wonder if the fear is less palpable and you feel like you're not suffering the consequences of someone else's actions by watching a horror game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like watching like a horror a movie. So we actually, we actually did this a couple, like a month ago with uh, Stainless, where he was playing Outlast 2 and streaming it to us via Skype and we were making fun of him mercilessly. Oh. It was awesome. That was actually... <laughs> That's that's actually one of the like number one things that I'd like to actually do again because it was such an enjoyable experience of just being the peanut gallery to somebody else shitting themselves. Could he hear you, or could you just all? Oh, he could. He he could hear us the entire time. Oh. So we were making fun of him for like, uh, being uh being scared, <laughs> uh, scared. Yes, but wanting. I think we were like making fun of him for like looking for nuns for whatever reason nice. and like being nun sexual at which point That's he funny. gets killed by a nun at the very end or something like that and he's just screaming we're like it's false circle dude <laughs> let me tell you about an experience very similar to that I was playing um, stop it slender with a couple of friends and we joined a server that uh, was glitched out so I was the only person that was able to join it mm. um, but there was like everybody else entered spectator mode and they couldn't get into actually choose sides except for me. So I'm like running around this dark ass like area with like Slenderman. And I have like four or five people in voice chat that are spectating me and telling me every single thing that Slenderman is doing. And there's something incredibly unnerving about a bunch of people just being like, he's right behind you. He's right <laughs> behind you. Like the whole time you're trying to play a game. It, I couldn't last. I lasted We're, about like fifteen seconds, and I, I mean, if you think about it, it uh, aren't one of the key moments in many uh, horror films the the ones in which you see footage or like a baby cam or something and realize that whatever is pursuing you is actually seeing a you? baby. Oh, <laughs> um, about the everything's baby scary too. when you can't see it. Like, 
Jaws. You know when the, the mother is frightened and she looks at the baby cam and you see some kind of monstrous thing over the baby's bed and you just know yeah. it's there, that kind of thing. But it goes mm-hmm. both ways. Well, it's like how in a... It's like for, for the whole not seeing things, like, like a Soma goes out of its way to actually have mechanics built mm-hmm. into each character that essentially stop you from looking at it directly. Like that's kind of hmm. part of the point, because uh, they've long since learned that in horror games, the more you get to look at the enemy, the less scary they are. Yeah, because right. they look stupid. Yeah, especially like, mon- <laughs> especially monsters. If it's just a big old human yeah. that wants to stab you to death, then it doesn't really matter if you get to get a good look at it, because it's right. it's it's viably dangerous because it wants to stab you to death. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I, I totally agree. Like every time I've played a video, a horror video game where a um, where the the monster f- like glitches out and it just like kind of gets stuck in place and you're able to just stare <laughs> at it for a good long oh, yeah. time, the game immediately becomes less terrifying for forever. That's what broke um, Amnesia: A Machine for Pigs. Mm-hmm. Is that I I was playing that with Andrew, and mm-hmm. there it's such a long buildup of seeing absolutely nothing and just walking through a creepy house for a while. And then you see this little skittering silhouette of like the weird like pig beast at one point, and it's horrifying because you barely get to you barely get the chance to even see it or anything. But then a, la- a later point, you get to walk around and look down and down these like chasms where there's like a little pig society happening basically, and you can see clearly <laughs> what they are, and you actually see like you even see two pigs bullying another pig, and I'm like, how is this supposed to make these characters scary? It just means that they're just normal sentient creatures now, like. Mm-hmm. It's it's screwed Animal up what they what they are and what they're made of or how this happened mm-hmm. and stuff. But like it makes the monsters way less scary if you get to just stare at them like they're in, a, in an aquarium, and yeah. that deflated that game for the re- the rest of the playthrough for us because yeah. we were supposed to be afraid of them still. But they were like they're just pig head monsters. They're just there. Uh, a friend of mine. Oh. oh yeah, what were we gonna say, Shell? Oh, I I was just uh, ruminating over the fact that I, I find that. In horror films and in horror games, that a a human with nefarious motives or just a, like a, a bent, twisted per- personality, they they I find them to be far more effective horror villains than creatures that have just a bestial primal instinct to eat or breed mm-hmm. or whatever. Because ugh. well, I think that the standard thing in most horror movies is that um the the message is always like that people are the real monsters <laughs> so mm-hmm. there you go not yeah, so like alien. <laughs> yeah like, like alien, alien all, all zombie movies are actually about like greed or capitalism because they they always like the zombies are at the mall and stuff like that like well the humans that's, end that's up harming one another over the but, zombies yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. nowadays zombie stuff is more usually about overpopulation and things like that yeah Environmental metaphors, problems. The metaphors shifted over time. You don't really see a mall anymore. Yeah. But that was where that's definitely where it started. That was the roots. Yeah, I had a friend that uh, was making a horror video game a number of years ago. This was probably back in high school uh, on Game Maker, and um, I, thought, I thought you were going to say he, it was a horror game about numbers when you said a number of years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the math anxiety video game. Um, anyway, so. He, uh, the cool thing about this game, um, and the funny thing about it, was that the, he never got the AI for the monster right. So, uh, what happened was you were supposed to shine a flashlight on it, and it would like run away from the light. But uh, instead, the AI was so screwed up that if you shine the light on it, it just charged at you instead. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes it would run away, other times it would like glitch out and like 
fly through your character. <laughs> which That's scarier is a thing you have was to actually terrifying. Because if you ever look at he it, it attacks up, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ended up uh, basically stumbling upon like a really interesting thing that I don't think any other game design developer has ever really gone with. But um, Slenderman, a monster that breaks the rules, is actually really, really frightening. Oh, mm. yeah. I thought you meant a monster you don't look at. Now, if no, you no, make no. contact yeah. with him, did it like, actually kill your character? Oh uh, yeah, it would. It would deal damage to you and everything. It was it's, just a full out glitch. Like it was some, basically it was trying to run away, but it would wrap around like where it wanted to go to be behind the player. So it would mm-hmm. pathfind to go directly through the player. Oh. Um, but it would only do it like every once in a while. So like yeah, but it's just like this principle of like this thing just didn't obey the rules that you expected it to, which made it like a lot scarier than you would expect it would. Yeah, that that would have fucked me up in Soma actually, because in in that mm-hmm. game every single. That's almost almost the gimmick of that game as far as actual gameplay with monsters goes was that every single monster had its own rules, basically. Mm-hmm. And if they randomly broke the rules completely, like that would be a hell of a thing to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think any game designers have really tried it. Uh, I can imagine that designing around that intentionally would be very hard. You, usually the idea of a thing that randomly breaks the rules to escalate the stakes is usually when... You hit the obligatory part of a horror game where it's all about running away and hiding yeah, and escaping, but then but then suddenly, the, but then suddenly yeah. cutscene happens where you do get caught. Is usually yeah, they, what they've happens. the consequences a little bit, or but that, like but that, that is yeah. the opposite of being scary usually because you're like, oh, it's a cutscene. I don't do anything now. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I I hate when like in any game where it's like you're doing great, really. You know, uh, in an RPG, you've handily you beat the boss you don't need to you know you, you you've done a great job so far or like in a horror game where you're you've been like totally acing running away from the big bad and then monster there's the capture scene. and then it just like regardless of how well you've been playing it's like for plot reasons suddenly you suck and it's just yeah. like yeah uh, or they just or they just kind of undo whatever you do by by beating the boss in the first place yeah Mm-hmm. Like, like everyone, um, everyone knows the famous Call of Duty mission where you have to fight out in this damn cabin in the middle of a meadow for a long ass time, and it's really difficult. And then you finally escape, and you run across the field, and you're heading towards a helicopter or something, and you just get killed, and your character actually <gasps> dies. Oh yeah, and you that's at the end of um, and like, it's there, like it's infuriating. Camping, yeah. it's, the, it's like the hard, one of the harder missions, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. But your reward is dying anyway, and uh, uh... even Masquerada in a really big way is like. Here's a really big boss fight, and then the conclusion of the boss fight is more or less that there was no reason to have the boss fight. Is yes. kind of what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah we do we want do we want to just dive into that topic? Um, Bird hasn't played it, but you, I mean, you've mentioned Masquerada. it as well. Let's hold yeah. off. On, sure. Let's hold off on Masquerada for like a week. Okay, because okay. I have like oh. a, I have like ten episodes still coming. Okay, <laughs> so I'd, I'd be spoiling the game before okay. it goes on my own channel. <laughs> okay, nah, right. so, good, good, good idea. Okay, yeah, I have so finished let, Masquerada. <laughs> Let, let's go back to my point just for a second. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, in an RPG ever was in Tales of um, Tales of Symphonia. No, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, Symphonia, the one on the GameCube. Yes. There are a lot of them. <laughs> it's easy to get confused. Um, yes. But so they, for Tales of Symphonia game in the series, Ea. Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe so. Versaria. All... Oh wait, no. There's yeah. Tales of Graces F. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> there's, there's weird okay. names in the series. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But so there's a, there's a boss fight at one point where one of your party members is effectively just like, I'm a villain now. 
and I'm going to kill you. And you're yeah. like, shit. But if you've, like, over-grinded to the point where you're, like, super powerful or you've New Game Plused it, you actually can beat him. And, like, uh -huh. the, the, like, normally insurmountable boss fight can be can be beaten and it actually changes the plot to some degree for, like, at least the next it hour or two. the plot? Yeah. That's actually a, really cool. For, yeah, for just a short period of time. And just the, like just the idea of that kinda. was super cool for me. Yeah, Metal, kinda. MGS3 did that? There was a boss called uh, The End that was an old man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could either fight him as a about. boss fight, or you could turn the clock forward to make him die of old age, or you could kill him in earlier cutscenes when you have a line of sight yes. of him. Yes. Ah. Uh, that Metal Gear Solid 3 actually had a number of interesting mechanics like that. Uh, yeah, specifically, you could uh, kill Liquid Snake, and then you would actually lose the game because uh, they would say it's a time <laughs> you crisis. You created a time yep. paradox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I is hate it, time travel. Yeah. If you uh, if you went through the entire first half of the game without killing anybody, you get to the sorrow boss fight, which is you just walking just down a an river empty and getting river. attacked by ghosts. <laughs> yep. But it's totally empty. Uh, yeah. I thought that was like really really. I mean, the the great clever. thing about Metal Gear Solid series in general, all the way up to even five, is the fact that it's it maintains this status as being the you can do that series. Mm, yeah. <laughs> where, where everyone's like, you can do that in response to like 50 different things. Like, oh yeah, you got bitten by a snake and you're, you got, or food, got food poisoning and you're sick. You got to throw up. Go into the character select screen. I mean, go into your inventory screen, spin, uh, spin around snake over and over again in the view screen and that little preview 3D model thing. Keep spinning them and you'll get nauseous and they'll throw up. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Metal Gear loves their Easter eggs. Uh, that's wow. for sure but like but, it, they're, it's but they're, cool they're having utility that, easter eggs too yeah they do things which is weird like i've never run into a series that as deep as like um as, as metal gear solid for just like weird convenient strange things like what is it uh part way through the game in mgs3 you get a fork if i remember right <laughs> and so you go from knifing enemies uh to you could potentially hit them Forking. with a fork but if you hit mm. a small animal, you eat them instantly, regardless of what they are, including, like, alligators and shit. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh. This is the series where you can smoke a cigarette to see lasers. Yes. <laughs> it's just such a weird, kind of goofy, <laughs> broken attention to detail. It's beautiful. I mean, I mean I've seen that done before, where you have dust and you throw it into a room. Yeah, but, like, no yeah. game does it so consi consistently. It's a very thing, like, and not a video game thing. You're supposed to actually use, um night vision goggles or, or infrared goggles yeah but instead you can just smoke yeah and like i've like I've, I've alerted guards and got into a bad situation in five before and waited it out for a bit and then decided to just camp on a roof somewhere for 18 hours and completely change the guard patrols because i just stayed on a roof <laughs> there's always weird quirks you can get in the cardboard box dive off a slope and then use the cardboard box as a sled to go down the slope yes Yes, huh. it's just weird that is, stuff that they wow. programmed. <laughs> that is one of the uh, weird. MGS Five is one of the uh, few few games that I'm like, I would break break like the the plot sequence just to play that. Yeah, like there was a thing where uh, like fan uh, not Phantom Pain uh, Ground Zeroes came out like a year or two before Phantom Pain, and the the initial response is they're charging all this money and it's only like a a 90 to ish it's like one it's like a one to two hour mission and that was the whole story of that mm. entire thing and it was like 20 mm. to 30 dollars based on if you got on a next gen or old gen at the time and that got them flack obviously but then people who actually cared enough to pay more attention realized oh they gave us an entire island of unique content and not only did they give us a whole bunch of different uh 
side missions you could do instead of the main quest. Like you, you could deploy for completely different configurations, almost like Halo custom map type stuff. But also the place was so huge and open and weird that you could just do so many different approaches to the mission. And that was all unique content hmm. that wasn't in the Phantom Pain. That entire island was only in, in uh, Ground Zeroes. So like hmm. it, 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 it was one of those things where like it, it uh, made up for its cost, but only for people that actually went through Ruin would like bother to notice what was worthy about it. So by, by the way, I've, I found the list for uh, Tales games. and I'm, Okay, give us a little read down. I'm blown away by the fact that this franchise is only 20 years old, but it has mm. Tales of Fantasia, Tales of Destiny, Tales of Eternia, Tales, Tales of Destiny 2, Tales of Symphonia, Tales of Rebirth, Ta- Tales of Legend- Legendia, Tales of the Abyss, Tales of Innocence, Tales of Vesperia, Tales of Hearts, Tales of Graces, Tales, Tales of Zillia, Tales of Zillia 2, Tales of Zestiria, and then this year, Tales of Bersia. That's almost one a year. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, um, they reuse their engine that's for a lot insane. of these games. <laughs> there, are, so. there have been more years that they've released a Tales of game than years that they haven't. Uh, oh, they, wow. They do actually, uh, for a while, yeah, they were re, re, uh, reusing a lot of the same like uh, mechanics and Assets. stuff. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of these were actually pretty good. Uh, Tales of Symphonia, Tales of the Abyss... Tales mm. of Zillia 1 and 2, those were all, like, really good. I haven't heard of uh, anything for Berseria. I liked Zisteria, mm. but, like, mm. I just, halfway through, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. That uh, what did mascot you run into? character. You that mascot not. character. You Wait, ran into the, the uh, like, the little meerkats or whatever those hell those things were. Yeah. You were, you were definitely not halfway through Zisteria. <laughs> Okay. You were very early. Like, Velvet? I was... What was that show? Was the main character's name Velvet for the most recent one? Oh, for Bursaria? Uh, I haven't even looked at Bursaria. Bursaria's Bursaria. not out yet in the, in the United yeah. States. It, yeah. It's Whoa. coming out January 24th, 2017. It's already out in Japan, though. Wanderer suddenly has... Pokemon music blaring. I just find it interesting that this is another Japanese RPG franchise where in the United States they're most famous for like their sixth or seventh game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is always a surprise when there's like there was a bunch of them before then. Probably takes a little bit to get some traction, also porting. That is a good question. I wonder if they all came out in the United States in the first place. A lot of them probably didn't. Okay, so Tales of Fantasia. Came out in 1995 on the Super Famicom in Japan, but it didn't come out in the United States until the Game Boy Advance port in 2006, 11 years <laughs> later. So the first game Jeez, definitely it almost sounds not. like Fire Emblem. The first game definitely <laughs> didn't. I, I bet, actually, no, I Tales, bet they Tales of the Destiny same thing. came out, uh, their second game came out in America in, t- in 1998. Ah, so okay. with the second game, they were already coming out in the United States. Just the ah, first one right. skipped. And there's no confusing naming scheme because they don't have numbers, so there's no Final Fantasy or Dynasty Warriors Nightmare where they screw up the numbers <laughs> forever. <laughs> Final uh, Fantasy 1, 2, 4, 6, 3, yes. 5, I, 7, I have been eight, having, 8, 9, 10. I have been <laughs> experiencing that so hard lately as a result what? of... Um, uh, wow. So Tales of Destiny I, 2 came out only in Japan, Korea, and the Republic of China. Mm-hmm. Odd. All right. <laughs> so, do you know, I wonder? I I sometimes in my uh, attempt to find new anime to watch, which has been a little dismal, unfortunately, I've come across series that ended up being derived from these. What would they? What would I call them? 
Are they some kind of like dating sim battle game? Oh, you're thinking oh. of um. I'm I'm thinking of Utawari Ramono and uh, yeah. So they're like the they're visual novels with stuff. uh with gameplay attached. It's not an uncommon thing. And I think like Danganronpa. Yeah, yeah, that one. And then there's also one that was sci-fi mecha based. Uh, moo moo. It starts with um. It starts with an M. I'll have to think about it. I know utterly nothing about like we have zero sort of in which to figure out what you're talking about. Industry, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So there are two main female characters. One has brown hair. One has very pale white hair. I think the Is one, one that's in front with white hair. Shelley, you might as well not. skip to the end of this point because she's from Russia and the other one's from I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'll, no I'll one's, no one's going to be able to identify it, so giving us clues yeah. isn't going to help. Unfortunately, yeah. all the animes just end up being, oh wow, you know, there's this one dude that can pilot mechs that only women are allowed to pilot. You know, yay! You're suddenly the center of a harem, and it's like, no, not watching this. Oh, so he's Paul Atreides. <laughs> Paul, Atre- Paul Atreides. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll, I mean, I'll figure kinda. it out. And it's not that it... leave. Yeah, it's not that it really matters. Oh, Shell. it's Muv Love. It's called Muv Love. Oh, uh, <gasps> cool. That that fixes wow. everything. Now we know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a real promising in like IP right there. <laughs> no. Is it spelled M U V L U V? Yes, it is. Yes, it All right, is. Then. Initially, I'd seen action figures for the female characters. I'm like, oh, cool, a mecha thing with female characters. And then I realized, oh, no. If I remember, (laughs) it's a harem anime. It's like a pretty popular bullet hell shooter, even. Oh, no. Wait, no, maybe I'm thinking about something else. You're probably thinking of... um, Shit, I don't remember. You're thinking of uh, the the really, really, really popular franchise. Wasn't there Van Dread? And other things. I don't know. But th- that probably was never made into a video game. The games game. industry can be really weird when it comes to trying to appeal to people's desire for weird, smutty, whatever. Well, that's the thing. It yeah. seems like in Japan, you have series that go across several mediums. It always seems like in America, things had to be a comic book, a movie, or a novel before they become a video game. But though there's a lot of video games that also become movies, but very rarely television shows. And then then you get the novelizations of the thing, where it didn't start out as a book, but then it becomes a book afterwards because everything gets turned into books because it's cheap. Oh, yeah, I hate that. And then there's the Warcraft movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a book, basically. Uh... (laughs) Uh... (laughs) That was a sound. So did you actually go about it's seeing it? It's a fairly it? accurate assessment of my feelings for that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, we so, also saw King's Glaive and other things, and it's just like, oh, so I was I saying, that, say? I was saying that people should see uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. And then, oh, yeah. And then I, I didn't, didn't see, see Doctor it. Strange. <laughs> oh, wait. I thought you. I thought you said you went off to see it. All right. Whatever. I went to the theater to see a movie. And I didn't have a lot of free time, so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the theater. I, there's three different movies I want to see, and the one that's playing next is the one I'll go to. Uh, the next Doctor Strange mo- showing was an hour and a half away. So instead, I saw uh-huh. The Arrival. Oh, I really want to see that. I really want to see that. I really do. Well, let's just all sit around and talk about movies we want to see, as opposed to ones we did see. <laughs> For me, I was like, I'll either see uh, 
Creatures, Arrival, or Strange, and I saw Arrival because it was next. What was what's Creatures? Oh, sorry, uh, Fantastical Creatures. Fantastic Beasts oh, and where to find them. Oh, I always okay. had, to, I always had yeah. to look it up every single time. Do you know what? I feel really bad. <laughs> I I gave away my original Scholastic edition from elementary school of that book. Oh, was it a first edition? I it may have been. There was a oh, book no. in real life. Yeah. 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 Uh, so. Yeah. I knew it was uh, a book in Harry Potter. I didn't know that it was actually a book that was printed. It was. Too. It was. It was essentially mm-hmm. just a small paperback book about. Uh, it was an encyclopedia or a zoological thing about the creatures. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there weren't many, like illustrations. Yeah, it's like a, like a lore companion guide. Yeah, it, it, it's was, it, was, all it was. I think it must have come out after Goblet of Fire because they did include a lot of like the various types of dragons and creatures from that one. So when did Goblet of Fire come out? I do not know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 2000 and... Um. <laughs> 2000 yeah, well, <laughs> I, think I, I think I may have... The alternative title I, for the podcast. Well, I can confirm that Fantastic Beasts came out in 2001. <laughs> Yeah, I, I believe that when I went back home after Wander and I began long distance after college, uh, I was the helping Goblet my of family. The Fire came out in 2000? Good lord. Yep. That's a long time ago. I think the Harry Potter... All I know is that four, book, four books were out before the movie started. Yes. I always saw the four books set everywhere. I didn't think yeah, there was going to yeah. be more at the time because I hadn't read them. I got that book at the Scholastic Book Sale at school. Do you guys? Did you guys have Scholastic Book Sales at your school? Yeah, my parents never let me get anything. I think everyone had Aww. to. I think that my, was just normal and standard. Yeah. My parents would let me get like one book. I was but like, none of the books were good. It was just like here's like some random selection of those like kids in their magic treehouse. That I think uh, I got a book that was like about a dog that farted. My parents oh, would it, just buy me real much? books in real life outside of the events because they loved me. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes. Does he look like a mastiff? Uh, that sounds accurate. Like tan, jowly, has like a brown muzzle and brown ears. And I, he, he would always get into trouble. I'm looking this up right now and... Uh, Henry and Mudge, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. I ha- I think I got this book and it was about a dog that like it farted or something. And like wow. everybody was like, Oh, we don't like this dog and the dog was like, I can't help it, I'm just farting. <laughs> like I, I believe that was the entire plot. That there were a number wow. of those. I think Goosebumps <laughs> was a favorite. I am now Googling uh, scholastic book fair dog fart. And I don't, red, there don't was think I'm going to get results. Um, I, I personally got a lot of uh, the Jewel Princess books. Uh, uh-huh. It was not, interesting I do not because have results. <laughs> okay, so before we get too far away from Sorry. Harry Potter, I just wanted to bring up uh, a point. So Harry Potter came out when I was, was it like 1998? Third grade, third grade for us. No, no, it was before third grade. Cause but then why did they read it to my, us in class? My teacher was reading it to me in second grade, so unless you're secretly a year older than me. Um, uh, okay, um, maybe it was a year old. But uh, so so my teacher was reading it up to us. Now, admittedly, it did I'm not sorry, take her... I'm sorry, I have to interrupt very briefly because okay. I... I've apparently discovered that dog fart is some kind of porn company. <laughs> oh, is it a code word? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So dogfart.com is the complete dog fart series for interracial sex pictures. I'm like, what the f- 
Um, oh, wow. All right. I don't you know. found a thing. So I was Googling Scholastic thing. I Googled, so I Googled Scholastic Book Fair dog fart, and I'm like, well, that's not bringing results. <laughs> so I deleted fair, and it became porn. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, like the image so results just that's what I'm looking at right became now. porn. I'm like, what the fuck? How did, like, the Scholastic was not removed from the search. <laughs> so that's why it was really weird. <laughs> huh. Continue wander. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Harry Potter came out when I was like eight or nine, um, comparatively, I I think. Like I, I think I was eight or nine. I don't. I, the you book guys or are the, like a little are bit older about than the me. movie. The book, um, and uh-huh. and so it was. You know, it was pretty damn popular. Um, you're younger than uh, me, really? Aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm like a little bit earlier, but like it was pretty so damn popular came out even when amongst you were six. like the. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Dang. And its original cover is gr- ugly. <laughs> yeah. It's really ugly. Um. But so, uh, what what ends up happening is there are a number of years for my classmates to psych themselves up for being whisked away from boring old standard public education, mm. and potentially being able to um. Uh, you know, go to Hogwarts because oh, we're not ten yet. It. They yeah. And so, like, uh. kids' 10th birthdays would roll around, and then their 11th, and you could just tell some of them were, were getting, upset, like, yeah. inconsolable. Yeah, and I was, real. <laughs> I was sitting there. So here's being, the thing. I was 10 when, like, the first Harry Potter came out. and so, Or, no, no, I guess, yeah, I, I was, like, 10. So 1997. Everybody was, like, um... Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna become like a wizard like after your birthday this year," and I was like, "No, I'm not." But <laughs> oh my god, I okay. wish I did though. I so, guess I guess I wasn't him when it came out because if it was 1997, then that's not okay. right. The so movies were to... perfect though because they came out when they came out. At least for me, like if they started in 2000, I think then that means that uh, I'll double check real quick. It is 2001, so. This the it, the it, what it was like eight films over the course of ten years. So like for almost the entire run of the films, Harry Potter was almost exactly my age. Yes, and mm-hmm. by yep. extension, pretty much they all tried of us. to release it so that that was the case. So in such a weird way, we yeah we got to w- basically watch a movie series well, where the characters were growing up alongside us in a weird way. That, that was the original intent of the books. Um, yeah, J.K. Rowling was uh, yeah. uh, originally never, trying to release a book every authors, year. Though. No. Uh, they no. they actually did the same thing with the Toy Story. Uh, I was one year older, but mm-hmm. my brother was the exact same age as whatever that kid's name was. Who's, Andy. Yeah, Andy. Andy. Yeah. So even even for the third movie, which came out like way later, my brother was still the same age as as Andy, and we didn't realize it until the very end. But like, my brother was about to go off to college in like several days when we watched Toy Story 3 mm-hmm. and yeah. my mother was like actually kind of like broken up about it even mm-hmm. though I'd already like been gone for a whole year so it's just like thanks you guys don't really have much for toys I no. haven't seen a single I, toy at your house I used to have a lot of toys I think they're going to keep doing that the next one's will. planned for the next one's planned for 9 years later Really? really? I think they're intentionally huh. planning them for weird spans of time. Like generations? Where people grow in real time things. or something. But wasn't the little weird. girl that they were left with about well, six? Or I, I wouldn't say it's weird at all, Bird. It makes total sense. So, it does. You know, it does. For, all, for the four of us here, 
when we first watched the Toy Story movies, we were about Andy's age, maybe a little bit older, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the next one comes out. Yeah. And then, you know, we're still a little bit older. And, you know, it already kind of makes sense because Andy's mm-hmm. outgrowing his toys. No, I think that the, that, that all makes uh, perfect sense. But, like from okay, a marketing so Toy Story midlife crisis edition. Yeah, but like uh, toys, you know, Andy's just like obsessive. He becomes like that collector of toys. Yep. Well, but yeah. like nine nine years later, Andy's probably well. It might not even be Andy again. I have no idea. But you know, Andy's potentially going to be old enough to be like a young dad for like a five year old, depending probably. on like. And they're gonna rip you... those cold. They're gonna rip those toys right out of that little girl's hands. <laughs> we're taking them back. Now we got kids. <laughs> now, I, I guess that's so... a Toy Story. Nah. It involves toys. I still feel really bad. I gave away the original edition of that book. When Andy got the, the library. store Christmas. <laughs> it just immediately trans- transfers over to um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but how Andy <laughs> stole his goddamn yeah. toys back. It'd be worse uh, if it became adult Toy Story. Oh. You know that probably exists already mm. as like uh, uh probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did we get yeah, here? Yeah, I heard, I heard okay. my so, friends said that Fantastic Beasts movie wasn't actually that good. Yeah, I've I've heard from a number of people that it's kind of a meh. There've been it, really mixed responses to both that and Doctor Strange from person to person. Yeah. I I can see why people wouldn't but like Doctor Strange, amazing. but we'll talk about that later. Okay. I really want to see Arrival. Oh, time. Arrival it's, is it's like too much media to consume. Arrival is like Interstellar without that part where it kind of stops being as good. Is it like First Contact <laughs> with Jodie Foster? Damn. <laughs> I've never oh, seen I remember First Contact. I remember I Arrival now. Oh, you haven't? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. So Arrival is interesting see... because it mm. the commercials Wait, are kind of on. screwing it. I, I just want to get this right. It's the commercial where it's like kind of the lady linguist that's trying to yeah. speak like with the aliens. Contact. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's trying yeah. to talk to a Cthulhu. They smear ink all over the place. And yeah, I, I remember this now. Okay, yeah. I'm a little bit more interested. I was like, I, you know, the moment anybody mentions Interstellar, I'm just like brain off. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I, I tried watching the first like couple hours of that. I just couldn't. And that is a movie where you can try watching the first couple hours of it, and it's not over yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I it's we got to the water planet. Three hours long. We got to the water planet, and with like what's her face, just being like, "No, I have to get this data." Anne as Hathaway. like, yeah, Anne Hathaway's like, "I have to get this data," and like everybody's about to die, and I'm just like, <laughs> "Yeah, I've lost all respect for every die. character." Yeah, but it's just like mm-hmm. it. You have to have, like, reasonably intelligent, intelligent characters for me to, like, be interested in your intellectual movie. But if all of the, uh, if all of the, like, intellectuals are comically, uh, you know, incapable of, like, dealing with crises, it's just like... I liked... No. Spoiler, but I liked the twist that they did with Matt Damon's character in that one. Matt Damon sure likes getting stranded in space. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, but uh, I, like, <laughs> doing it for that, a million years. <laughs> the fact that he falsified his data to bring them to him with the hopes of being revived—I mean, mm. that—that's. I mean, that he's, was very he's the best crafted character in the movie, mm. as far as <laughs> motivations and behavior go, and everything. 
But uh, really, for me, the big takeaway of the movie was just enjoying all the crazy sci-fi stuff and in, like moments of like like how they play with gravity and time and things like that. Because the actual story is a little iffy, and the ending of the story in particular is like, really, that's that's, that's what, what saved happens. the day. Okay, <laughs> sure. At the same time, I like how they they left you with a sense of hope at the end of that. But what I was going to ask you guys about uh, the the Great Wall movie. Oh yeah, oh, that Matt uh, Damon's that? gonna be in. Okay, uh, so-, so we got fortunately we got a new look at the trailer from Doctor Strange, so we know more of what was going on. Originally, I thought you know European Archer goes to China and tries <laughs> to negotiate a way I, to. I'm I'm totally on board with it with this uh, so but, far. But now, but now when we watch this new trailer, like the the Chinese are like, we built this wall. To keep demonic creatures at bay. And suddenly you <laughs> Wait, see these. What? Yes, there's like a massive army of evil alien monsters. And those are called just... Mongolians. <laughs> but they're not Mongolians. Yeah, in this case, they're these like weird Mongolian dragons. They're like Japan. Yeah, they're like. They're Mongolian dragons. Gotcha. Yeah. I, the quadrupedal. There's <laughs> like way more than Mongolia could even like support quantity wise. Uh-huh. Uh, it's. It's a really goofy-looking, like, Wuxia-style film. I think there are, like, these uh. four warriors that have different colored dragon armor. So, so like, the lady mm-hmm. has purple, and there's a green guy, and a blue, so, and a... So, yeah. I, I, I've, been a wa- okay. I've been enjoying watching alarmist media freak out about this movie, because there are certain websites... Like, there are... There are good... Oh, is it because it's a white guy going to China yeah, or like something? Yeah, like, there are good points to be made about how gender and sexuality and race and all these other things are represented in film and everything. But this mm. particular case uh, has been one of those things where, like, the, those so there's certain websites that just make money by yelling about the stuff all the time. And they've been pointing at this movie, but it's such a bad example because it's a mm-hmm. Chinese company with a Chinese director and a Chinese everything making a movie that stars Willem Dafoe and Matt Damon. Like they're doing it on their own. Like it's wait, this Defoe's isn't in this it is, too. This is, oh, yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe's in it also. This is not. There's no American or European like whitewashing company. Like like this uh, isn't. Yeah. This isn't Gods of Egypt where like uh, uh, where, that was where Ridley Scott is casting seventeen white people to reenact Egypt lore and stuff like that. Like oh, wait, it was Ridley Scott. Yeah, Ridley, Ridley yeah. Scott doesn't make good movies anymore. He stopped about uh, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I remember when I saw it, just trailers for that. Uh, I was with Lady Bird, and I just turned to her, and she was just like, "Really?" She was <laughs> yeah. just like, "She just like read my mind." She was like, "Bunch of white ass." Basically. So, so the interesting <laughs> thing about it is, though, it kind of looks like okay. So you've seen those like, um, like promotional materials for like uh, Korean MMOs or like Chinese MMOs, where like everybody's uh-huh. wearing this like super sparkly CG armor. And doing like crazy martial arts and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. That's in the trailer. Like all of the characters, all of the Chinese characters are wearing these like really elaborate, like over the top outfits. Uh-huh. And Matt Damon's wearing like shitty leather armor, and he looks really grubby in comparison. And like it feels like he they pulled him out of a different movie, <laughs> uh, just to star in this one. And like he does some like cool trick with the arrows, and then immediately mm-hmm. cuts to this like chicken like weirdly revealing armor leaping off of a wall and it doing like revealing. flips I remember it well, being really it was very form fitting uh okay. from well, what i remember at but at least it covered yeah it covered it's just what it 
Okay, anyway, but like, it goes from Matt Damon being like, I can shoot a bull! And like, Uh you know, do do tricks with the bull to like just hundreds of Chinese acrobat, like, martial artist people. I'm like, what is Matt Damon even like going to be able to do here? Like... Give me a... If he was a wizard, I'd be down with it. They were only impressed with his archery skills because... Have you seen what Legolas did? (laughs) But they they flung a bull into the air and he shot several arrows to redirect its fall and then balance between two of them. Yeah, I know. But it's just just like you go from that to people flipping off of a wall, bungee cording more or less... uh, Well, yeah. To like kill a bunch of monsters. It's like, I think... I think their, like, criteria here is really, really off. Hey, I haven't seen a good <laughs> Wuxia film in a long time. I was a big fan of Crouching Tiger, yeah. Hidden Dragon, and yeah, House of Flying I Daggers and other things, yep. so. I just, I'm, just, I'm just ready for it to be completely absurd and full crazy, like uh, like the movie Red Cliff, which was basically, was Dynasty, it was basically the movie Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> like, huh. you just have, like, one guy facing off, like, against, like, 30 spearmen single-handedly, and, like... There'll be two people jousting, and one guy will stab the other dude, and then send him sailing through the air. It's like it's like really weird <laughs> hyper history. <laughs> yeah, I, I like you. those. This one just feels mm. off. Anyway, you were gonna say. Did Bert? any of you feel? Uh, did any of you like see trailers for that uh, movie? What was it, Jack Reacher? Uh, no, Jack no. Reacher or see that movie or whatever. Was that? About the sequel? Oh, that's the yeah, Tom the sequel. Cruise. Yeah, Tom I Cruise saw it with Tom Cruise. Oh, okay. I just remember the only trailer I've think of seen. It? The only uh, trailer I've seen. Oh, sorry. Oh uh, yeah. So. Well, so wait. So are you discussing how Keith saw the first one? Yeah, we, I just want to talk about the franchise in general because I have some thoughts on it. The first Creature was just it. one of those Tom Cruise action movies that deletes itself from your brain after you watch it, but you're like, "That was all right." Uh huh. But then you don't remember it afterwards at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw it like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise that when it came out, I think. Literally, all yeah. I can remember about the entire film is his face, which is what which, probably, looks, which looks the same. Probably everything. Tom Cruise running, right? <laughs> like that's basically all he can do. Like I don't know if I can think <laughs> of Jack Reacher without thinking of scenes from the four Mission Impossible movies or from uh-huh. Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, so I don't think yeah, I can even was... conjure a scene in my head. Uh, I mean, ones? oh, did you guys ever see him in Interview with a Vampire? That was no. a creepy movie. That was the one where he was with Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'm gonna I heard admit, that was I, really good, but like I, kind oh, yeah. of an indie darling. That was the weird one where one girl was there was a little girl that was a vampire, but she's been a vampire for ages one of and she's Kirsten just a girl Dunst's forever. First roles, yep. I yeah. think. She was like frozen and like ageless or whatever. Like major. And she was she was livid yep. about it. She was livid Why? about it. She wanted to become a woman and it no, was deprived. Oh, oh, I thought you meant I thought you meant uh, Kirsten Dunn. No, so was the like, character I'd was be, mad that they're stuck as a little baby. Pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah Bert, right. imagine if you were an eight-year-old for the rest of your life. <laughs> Shit, I'd take it. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I'd, I might go for it. You'd get you. It'd be much more bearable if you also were mentally an eight-year-old. <laughs> but if you yeah, were, yeah, mentally- if, if I were got- physically an eight-year-old but like aged mentally as one, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I'd probably be like, yeah! 
<laughs> I, I think the oldest Tom Cruise movie I've ever seen was Legend with uh, Tim Curry as so, sort of demonic demon yep. character. And uh-huh. there was a unicorn and an evil bog witch. And that's all I really remember from it. Yeah. I don't know. Tom Cruise is a weird dude. I, yeah. My favorite is Tropic Thunder. Thunder's oh. great. I mean, the last Mission so Impossible movies have been really good. I, I've never even seen the first any of. I you shouldn't seen any of them. Oh, you, you, <laughs> you just you skip. For... Seriously, just watch Ghost Protocol in the new one. You know, this, you don't even okay. need to watch the original ones. Is Ghost <laughs> Protocol the one with um? That's shoot, the one the guy... that takes that has the where they go on the top the tallest building in Dubai. I mm. okay and yeah so that's the one with the um, that's the the one with the same actor that did Scotty from the oh yeah uh simon Pegg starts in mission impossible three okay because i i will admit uh he's in some kind of bad movies here and there (laughs) but i really i really do dig like anything simon Pegg's in just because he usually brings some level of like yeah this is worth hilarity watching yeah Yeah. did you see his most recent movie um i saw it on netflix but it was about a man who ended up giving up almost everything to travel the world and i thought it was really heartwarming uh an idiot abroad i don't know if that was it Ooh. but in that but so we're talking to, about idiot so abroad that was the simon to... peg thing right was it i can't think yeah, of that and one. that was a that was like kind of a documentary about like a guy who mm-hmm. oh no no this is a this is not simon peg this is ricky gervais and uh steven merchant never mind yeah so, yeah but yeah. Simon Pegg did something similar. I mean, British people are all the same. You put one <laughs> British person next to another, I'll, I couldn't tell you the difference between them. <laughs> so just to give context to why the last two Mission Impossible movies were so good, uh, Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol was made by Brad Bird, who made hmm. Iron Giant, Ratatouille, and The Incredibles. Holy shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, a guy and, who's and, typically and Mission, behind animated films. Yeah. Yeah. And Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation was done by Christopher McQuarrie, who did Live, Die, Repeat. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow. And uh, yeah. Bird was also a, a creative consultant on The Simpsons, I think. No, yeah, Brad Bird's been around forever. Like, Rogue Nation. Yeah, uh, he did a lot Ghost of animation Protocol stuff. specifically is really freaking good to watch. It's also, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got Jeremy Renner, and it's got uh, Simon Pegg, and it's just a great cast with a great director and a great writer doing a cool movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, z- and you, you, guys, you need zero context. And you guys had seen Minority Report with him in it too, right? I've never nah, seen Minority never, Report. I've never seen it. I think I saw Minority it at Report? the time, but now I mean, it's all, the, all, all I can I've think of it is now. I've seen all the references. Yeah, I can now like, all I can think link of it, it is, all together in my head anyway. I might as well have seen it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just known now as the hologram movie. Yeah, or uh, the movie with like thought crime. Yeah, but, like future police. Right. There There's go. always the thing where every time somebody sees holograms, though, they're like, "It's like in the Minority Report. He's got gloves and he's touching the thing." And that, especially now with VR, it keeps coming up over and over again. Now, that's true. <laughs> oh, that was Steven Spielberg. Minority I really Report? like Steven Spielberg yeah. movies. Yeah. So. Well, I've got a different topic if you guys are okay with switching I was going to say, we've mostly just like, okay. talked about we, like just we a do... grab bag of movies. Maybe <laughs> this just, like, this for... is kind of a yeah. short aside, but um, uh-huh. I, I'm playing Pokemon Uranium right now, just so I have something to do with my hands and so the people watching on stream have something to watch. Um, but uh, kind of on a whim, Shell and I picked up the most recent iteration of the 
God, how many Pokemon games have there been? Too many. Yep. Um, <laughs> Sun and Moon. We picked up Sun and Moon. I, I'm very dismissive of Pokemon games because after a while, they're kind of all the same and they haven't like changed the uh, changed. I mean, the yes. formula. Yeah. And at Pokemon all. keep yeah. becoming less and less creative. In this creative, case, it's Game Freak, or- though. Yeah, same difference. Yeah, well, I I think there's a lot of pressure on them to not change the formula yes. because if they yes. if they did, it could. I mean, they've done it a couple of times. They did. Um, I mean, why risk not being like one of the highest selling franchises in history? Yeah, yeah exactly. why risk not making like a hundred and seventy million? Pokemon's so popular that a game when a game not even made made by Nintendo and not even properly controlled by Nintendo comes out and gets people's attention, Nintendo stock goes up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um. So we, we decided to pick up Sun and Moon on a whim. And, you know, I was kind of just like, yeah, whatever. It'll be something for me to, um, for, for me to, uh, to play in the background. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those. It's like, you know, it's like getting, it's like getting, uh, you know, pad thai. It's like, you know, anymore. it's going to be probably about the same. <laughs> the luster's yeah. kind of lost, but whatever. It's, it's still probably worth getting. Uh-huh. It's freaking good. Like I, I'm not oh. like super addicted to it or anything like that, but it's one of those uh-huh. where um, I, I'm playing it, and they kind of askew the like a lot of the old traditional like uh, level design, and um, which has made a huge difference as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they still have the rival. Yeah, and the they've still and the they've mom. still got the stand. Like it's very yeah. formulaic, but honestly, what like, Pokemon the is it? There's never a dad. Yeah, there's never a dad. I liked I, it when I, the I dad was like an that if I played that game, I would just be hitting A a lot to not read the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I, I wouldn't right. care. I yeah. think that one thing the series suffers from is it. There isn't. A mode or a way to Yeah, have they definitely need a like I have been playing have Pokemon since I was ten and I am now uh uh-huh. most of my way to thirty. <laughs> um <laughs> I think you can I think you can maybe maybe add like an expert mode, please. Um yeah, yeah it desperately needs stuff like that, but like ac- adventuring in the world feels really nice because they're finally going with the uh with like level design that doesn't just fall on a mm-hmm. grid. Uh, so you're like looking around, oh, like even mm-hmm. like different bushes within, uh, like your backyard will have different mm-hmm. amounts of Pokemon in them. Like, I wonder uh, if Pokemon could do with like having some sort of official Nuzlocke options. I, I, I think they should. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, Nuzlocke is something you can totally do without. Like, yeah, you don't need to do it. Um, it's, yeah, it's but pretty easy to force yourself be interesting into it. since the the base yeah. game has been played so many times by now. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, I actually, uh, kind of in the same vein, uh, the fan games have actually started doing exactly that. I'm playing Pokemon Uranium right now, which is the, like, I, have you ever, have you guys heard much of the, like, shit that Nintendo's done to this poor game, or no? Well, obviously, no. it's... Um, so they just, just destroyed I mean, it. it, yeah. it, it yeah. Of course, like, one week, like, four different fan games of Nintendo things all launched and got taken down back to back. There was a Metroid game and stuff like that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone was doing, like, an entire, like, re-release or HD version or even, like, a new version of a game or something of, like, a, a Metroid Prime mm-hmm. game. So, like, that yeah. sounds like, a, that's, like super ambitious. And but I that's think a the, 3D game. How did yeah. you manage that? Um, By being developers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I saw that it was really impressive. Uh, I don't that one's not as taken down if I remember right. Hmm. Um, but what specifically, is it, was taken, it was taken down. But apparently, 
the guy, the developer was still patching and updating it by just updating the torrents that people were using <laughs> to get yeah. the game. Well, uh, that's, I mean, that's if what you uranium underground. That's what'll happen. Yeah. That's what uranium's actually doing. Uh, yeah. Pokemon, yep. per, Pokemon uranium. The only way people can even get their hands on it is the uh, the Pokemon uranium but, subreddit now. Uh huh. Um. So I actually had to go re-download it because when my computer wiped, it took the game with it, and I was uh -huh. just really, I was just really happy to find out that hey, um, you know, I, I actually can still, uh, yeah. still play my old save file. Um, but there was, oh, what is it? It's the Indie Game Awards this week. Uh, -huh. uh there were like a bunch of them being nominated, and Pokemon Uranium and the Metroid, uh, the Metroid game. They were, actually came up as nominations. Yeah, they were, they were two mm. of the top nominations, and poof. They're gone because Nintendo's one of the sponsors, uh, so, so they uh, they've thrown their weight around and taken <laughs> taken both down, I mean, which sucks. I, I can appreciate I what, they what they've done here though. watching this, but at the same time, if you have that much talent and know how, why not? Oh yeah, something I, unique? I was actually right. like, I I got a couple That's hours. That's how Undertale this. happened. Yeah, he was making yeah. a fan game of uh, of uh, Earthbound, and then he made an Undertale. Yeah. That's why the character looks familiar. Yeah, you can have so much success. That's also yeah. how Fifty Shades of Grey happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite Strategus. That's uh, yeah. Stratag Strategus? What? Stratagus? Uh, somebody it. made a uh, a um uh is Warcraft one. Mm. Um, and then uh, the it, it was called like a free craft or something like that for Linux. And then uh. Blizzard was like, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't call it that anymore. Oh, yeah. So, and it also had, um, it also, uh, copied over all the Warcraft and Starcraft art into its yeah. engine. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, art is how, <laughs> um, you know, the IP holders have always, like, taken down. Oh, yeah, the first image uh, I see of, quote-unquote, strategist for Android is a Terran base sending SVCs out to, uh... Out to mineral deposits and Vespine gas. Let me see this. It's just explicit. Oh yeah, that's it's just explicitly a up screenshot Starcraft. Of, of Starcraft, but it looks kind of wrong. <laughs> yeah, and that's about it. Uh, yeah, like if you look at it, like the interface is just kind of like, huh? Yeah, the interface is super weird. But yeah, like that's that's just stealing games. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, like that's how Stardew that's how Stardew Valley happened. That's how Terraria. Happened. How did Stardew Valley happen? Really? I mean, I'm just saying, like, those are both, those are things that started out, like, instead of making a, using someone else's IP, they just made the game they wanted to make that was, you know, yeah. kind of someone else's IP, but just made a whole, their own game of that, and that's how I you mean, get Terraria That's and how good art Stardew. is always made. Yeah. Eventually, there are certain game mechanics that just... I mean, at some point, Dishonored is really, really a lot like Bioshock. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to ask about that. So you've been yeah, playing it's about a Dishonored too? Yeah, right, yeah. So, I've, uh, so I finished the main game and then finished already. The, I mean, no, I finished the first game. I mean, oh, and then okay. the DLC, which I was playing the first game's DLC campaign in parallel with the second game. Surprisingly, uh -huh. the DLC of the first game is almost as long as the game. <laughs> there's a there's people with, one was kind of short though. It was kind of like short. especially if you went fast. But in, in Dishonored, yeah. uh, there's people with marks. There's uh, supposedly only four of them at a time. They're marked by the outsider. That's how they have the powers and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, in Dishonored 1, you encounter another character who is marked. And what happens from there is determined on how you play and stuff like that. But 
in the DLC, you play as that character instead, which is pretty yeah. great. And, yeah, uh, I, I have Dishonored 1, but I didn't get the DLC because it's just like... Wasn't the first one just like a time trial DLC? The first one is a time trial, but the second and third DLCs, Knife of Dunwall and Brigvore Witches, are both Dowd's campaign, part one and two. Yeah, see, I I only had the first one, and so I didn't even hear about those after the fact. I was just so, like, hmm. grumpy because it's like, time trial DLC? That's stupid. And, and so eventually I find out that it's like, oh, that is by the way, pretty the... stupid sounding. <laughs> What's really it, it great is that Dowd, uh, the DLC character, is voiced by Michael Madsen. Hmm, what else? Who else does huh. he voice? Uh, Michael Madsen was the guy that chops off the ear in Reservoir Dogs, and he's in mm-hmm. like a whole bunch of different. Uh, he's in a lot he of Tarantino films. Crazy, like bastards in Tarantino movies. Yeah, he's just he's uh... someone that's had a film career for a while, but then yeah, he yeah. voices Dowd, and he's kind of great at it. <laughs> no. You ever saw Kill Bill? He was Bill's brother, Bud. Yeah. Oh, well, was that Kill Bill two or Kill Bill one? Kill. Uh, yes. He was in. He's in both. Both. He is he's in, in both, both but he's but he, he dies in Kill Bill too. Yeah, he has the he, he has the scene. He's a guy that yeah. that shoots her with rock salt and buries her. Yeah. Okay, I remember now. I've only actually seen the first movie. I don't believe I've seen the second. We rented should, it at my work. house. My brother watched it all in one weekend. Biked down to the library and returned it. <laughs> oh my Thanks. god! I'm sorry. I just I briefly opened Thanks, his man. IMDb page, and he is almost horrifyingly prolific. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, so, he's so got a ton of roles. On IMDb pages, uh, there's a you get red text next to a film when it's like something that's either in production or done being produced or completed or in post production right. uh-huh. or whatever. Post-production. Holy crap! He has a whole screen of red movie. <laughs> he has a whole screen worth of red movies. I'm Whoa. looking at this. There's like there's like <laughs> ten, twelve of these right here. There's, there's like fifteen wow. movies that are either filming or in post production or completed that aren't out yet because he's just been so busy. Holy look at crap. look at 2016. Dishonored two voice credit. Mm-hmm. Talons. He was a character. Powers. A TV series. He's a character. Back in the day character magi character beyond the game don't know what the hell that is well, magi, a bunch of stuff. i have no in... idea what any of this stuff is but sony no he's he's got like 15 credits for 2016 here can you throw the can you throw the link because i don't remember the guy's name michael okay. madison michael madison i've thrown links and you do well to remember his damn name Thank, thank you, TeamSpeak, for warning me that IMDb is dangerous. <laughs> that IMDb is dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I know this guy. Okay. So, uh, playing through these Dishonored games, wow. though, like, yeah. what's Arctic weird? Justice. What's weird is how much it's been dawning on me just how much this guy, this, these games really feel like Bioshock, because uh-huh. they're games where you carefully explore locations for resources that can upgrade your character or stock them out. There's elements of stealth, because yeah, Bioshock had stealth too, although you weren't really expected to use it, besides choosing how a fight starts half the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, like they're all about exploring and gathering and then completing the objective in kind of your own way. Like it, Most of the objectives in Bioshock and Dishonored both are like, there's a guy that needs to die somewhere. Go find them <laughs> and deal with that. The uh-huh. twist, of course, being that Dishonored has a lot more mobility skills because it's a it has more verticality to it, like even more so than Infinite ever had, because you can straight mm-hmm. up like look up at ledges and teleport to them and things like that. And uh, every single uh, ass- assassination target has a non-lethal variant you can do. 
So you can do like usually there's like three d things to do in every mission you can you can do with the specifically the target, not ignoring all the free roaming crazy stuff you can do. Is that you can either uh, just kill them, like get in a fight with them and kill them. Usually is option, or assassinate them, or some variation of just normal killing them. Or you mm -hmm. can do, uh, you can do a non-lethal option that usually involves uh, some sort of weird thing where you f dig up like blackmail stuff and you like tarnish their name and get them ousted by their own society, or you brand them, or do some sort of weird way that gets them sealed away. Oh, or the third one is there's often a weirdly sadistic option where you can kill them in a really brutal, horrible way, like in like a like in a hitman level where they have a, a, uh. like a set piece kill. Like usually, uh -huh. all three of those things exist. So it's weird. It's like it's a game that can be both made better and worse at the same time by how open it is uh, uh -huh. and how much freedom they give you. Because like I, when I beat Dishonored One, I got to the room that had the big final villain, the the guy that was behind everything that caused everything to happen over the course of the game. And it's, you, you take this guy down, and the game's gonna end. I shot him with a sleeping mm. dart. Yeah. He, uh... he never. He never. So like he never saw me, and there was no showdown and no dialogue. Like I, I was like, oh look, it's it the bad enough? guy. And I was like, pew, when the game ended. <laughs> I'm like, not yeah. take nice. I shot him with a sleep dart. We never, there was no like dramatic, there was no comeuppance. We didn't discuss this at all. I just shot him. But in the epilogue, did they the imply rafters. that you killed him, even though you hadn't? No, they, no, they don't imply that you killed mm. him. It's just that there's no like. My point is that it was like a weirdly, the game's so free that it also lets you yeah. enable kind of unsatisfying Strange conclusions things, to scenarios yeah. because instead of a showdown or anything, yeah. I was just like, oh, he's unconscious now. I guess the game's over. I, <laughs> I remember oh, when I was playing the original Deus Ex, I um, I played through the entire campaign completely stealthy, uh, just knocking people unconscious with um, stun stuff. Just totally like a pacifist run. And uh, midway through the game, I run into um, a, a character who's like, you're a bloodthirsty, like, he just like started chastising me. He was like, you've killed so many people. <laughs> I was like, I haven't killed a single person the entire game. <laughs> But it still counted as kills because it was uh I was take I was knocking them unconscious. Uh, there's, so, def there's definitely quirks where Dishonored doesn't quite its simulation d falls apart and it doesn't feel like it, it immersive at times. Where there's a uh -huh. like there was two people chatting about their plan to to break into a place using this thing, and I was hearing this all, and I snuck up on them and I I engaged in combat with them because I because stealth broke down and. I end up deflecting one of their incoming sword attacks and gra and then swooping to like choke them from behind. Then the other uh -huh. one just came up and stabbed the person to death while I was holding them. I'm like, what? Why would you Wait, do that? He turned coat. No, like, it's just no. awkward. So they were attacking me, but instead of attacking me, they stabbed the person to death. I'm like, they're clearly well, you're clearly not going to hit me. You're going to hit the person I'm I, choking I'm out. I'm glad like, they programmed it that they would actually hit their buddy. I hate games where it's just like. Oh, they, oh they hit both of us. I took damage too, but they straight yeah, up executed the person. <laughs> well, I mean, uh -huh. I'm, I'm still fine with that though. Like, oh god, what yeah. was I playing? Like, I'm sitting I was here playing not something... trying to kill anyone, and the game's killing itself. <laughs> uh, I think I was playing. It might have been Dragon uh, Quest Builders, uh, but like all the enemies can't hurt each other. So at one point, uh -huh. I was just surrounded by like five scorpions, and they're all just spinning nonstop, and I'm stuck in the middle of it. And I'm just like, this is stupid. And then I died because I couldn't do anything about it. But it's just like. <laughs> You should be able to collide into each other and like, nope, you're just murdering. Thank you. That was that was a grumpy time. <laughs> um, so you haven't run into any performance issues with? Uh... No, I've definitely had performance problems with Dishonored too. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tried talking about it a little bit when we were playing golf, but I could not get sentences out because <laughs> people were asking me about <laughs> uh, it. Oh, yeah. Night golf too. is just pure yeah. reaction. Now, uh, are yeah. they using live action yeah. trailers? Or was, I know, I, I was have it no idea. I don't, I don't watch promotional stuff. I mean, uh, if you look at the uh, promo material, that's all in yeah, game. Yeah, that's all it's in very, game. They've got a really well nice style, rendered. and it's really so gorgeous. realistic, though, yeah. unless you haven't seen the same trailers that I have. I've noticed a lot of trailers now for video games use live actors. It's cheap. Um, uh, yeah. I don't it know. It is cheap. Yeah, filming yeah, some I, cosplayers is way cheaper, cheaper than 3D animation. Especially for, like, a 30-second ad. True. Yeah. You just get some people but, uh, to dress Dishonored up and, and is definitely have them jump all around in slow mo and play like Led Zeppelin really? or something. I swear there, I swear there was a live <laughs> no, action that's, one. No, that's all. That's I mean, all. Uh, we, well, sh- nobody's pores are that visible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they are in video game world. So what's a little quirky about uh, Dishonored games is that they have a weirdly unique take on morality systems, which mm-hmm. is that. Uh, they don't have a like a good bad meter for the character themselves necessarily. What they do is they have a chaos status for the entire yes. city. And what's uh, interesting about the chaos status is that it's just dependent on like there certain decisions will increase or reduce chaos and killing people will increase chaos and stuff like that. Just any amounts yeah. of corpses. What's interesting uh-huh. about that is that it's actually almost counter or at least or at the very least it's independent of morality systems cuz Dishonored does not the right give people, you. Though. That's what I'm saying. Like Dishonored does not yeah, give does, you yeah. does not give you morally gray characters. Pretty much everybody is horrible and deserves yes. to die, and uh. they're monsters. But they're also mm. people in power that hold the society together. That is both right. under like ever in both games, the society is usually under some form of like it's on the verge Tyrannical. of revolution or collapse. Yeah. And there's uh-huh. uh, like in the first game there's a, pl- a rat plague that's wiping people out and, and like people are becoming like these weird weeper zombies and like like literally like the society is breaking down and the uh-huh. more people you kill or uh stable people you wipe out and the more the more death you create the more the plagues uh-huh. spread and the yeah. more the society gets that worse makes sense. even if you're killing people yeah. that deserve to die well so i it's mean w- it's it's a uh, it's fairly accurate you can't like dictatorships are stable yeah. So if you kill the dictator, well, like I mean, it's, it's not even it's dictators stable. are stable. It's if no matter what government it is, if you go around killing leaders, that it's yeah. gonna it collapse. Yeah. Right, but it, it just goes against the romantic notion of like, uh, you know, if you kill the king, the power goes to the people, and society can re- revolutionize itself. Yeah. Just like, no, it just becomes a lot shittier. If anything, <laughs> I learned uh, watching documentaries about. Uh, period in I think it was it was British Oops. history mm-hmm. where there were like the various dukes that were duking I'm not going to say that like jestingly but duking it out over uh, the yeah because mm. they they had very distant claims to the throne I think it was like the Duke of York and the Dirk of something else but that just went on for I think those wars lasted for decades and yeah, they were just a lot of treating wars one person. Like house interwars, yeah, they're not nearly yeah. as violent as like a 30-year war or anything like that. Yeah. I think, what is it, like War of the Roses? Is that yes, what we're yes, it was about? the War of the Roses. I was actually watching yeah. a very long documentary on that, the War of the Roses. Yeah. Like, they, thousands of, of soldiers died in that and uh-huh. I think it was one guy went to the throne and then his brother wanted the throne and tr- allied with one of his former 
enemies in order to try to get him off the throne. But when he did get off the throne, then the king was reestablished, except no one liked him. And then it just kept going on and on and on. So, um, if we're done with Dishonored specifically, I've been playing something kind of similar with like society uh -huh. breaking down and running around and murdering people. Uh, Fallout? Fallout, yeah, Fallout Frost. Uh, uh -huh. I've been playing Fallout for almost a year now. So is that like a total conversion mod? Um, yeah, it's it a total is. conversion it mod. Uh, so it makes it so that the entire surface of the wasteland is like radioactive. So if you don't have a uh, gas mask on, you're you're screwed. Um, and uh, so somebody was playing Metro. Yeah, uh, it's very Metro-y. It's by the same. It's by the same guy that made the dust conversion mod for Fallout New Vegas, um, which uh -huh. was awful. kind of the same concept, right? Uh, what I, heard, I don't, I don't which remember exactly awful. what it was. Well, I, I say heard that it was terrible, but... <laughs> well, when I say terrible, I mean, like, it's like, it will kick your ass seven ways to Tuesday until you kind of figure out how to win. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, you know, succeed in the game. And so, like, um, for... I, I've actually done two runs of Frost. My first one ended with me, like, sitting in Red Rocket with, like, 75% rads... And an infection that was killing me, and I watched no you die. Yeah, um, <laughs> that voice. that's creepy. I watched <laughs> you die. Yeah, so like I was, I like found a hospital that was filled with cannibal, like heavily armored cannibals, and I'm just like, well, this cannibals. is meaningless. But then, the, then the uh, then the whole mod updated a uh, version zero point two, and I was just uh -huh. like, all right. Good enough. Good reason to start over. Yeah. Um, but it's just like it, it takes well, the. Uh, it's funny because that first playthrough, I watched you basically like limp along. As soon as that infection <laughs> stuff get like hit you, I had an infection for, for like, seven episodes. I was gonna say you were screwed for like seven, like six or it seven episodes straight. I, so you, you can actually couldn't do anything. Like you can, when I tried to play Day Z. <laughs> you can actually oh, sleep man, I'm off an out infection. And I'm cold. I don't know what to do. You can actually <laughs> sleep. You couldn't sleep long enough because you would die. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I had to keep, like, going to find resources to keep myself alive and stuff. Mm. I actually did eventually sleep it off, quote-unquote. It went away for a bit, and then not five minutes later, I had a new infection from a new ghoul that oh, randomly found me in the wilderness. Yeah, so now my, uh, so uh, you get infections kids. by eating oh. bad food, <laughs> using Rataway, sleeping uh -huh. in bad uh, mattresses, or getting hit by ghouls. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of get, stuff. Do you get, like, lice? Uh, so... Uh, no, you get ghoulism. Or ghoulitis. Um, <laughs> Those so, damn bedbug ghouls. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I think the logic is it compromises your immune system. But, um... So this time uh, around, I haven't cool left the underground. I, I have, like, a little base in Hangman's Alley, which is, like, one of the only settlements... I think the only settlement in Boston? Like, the only real one? Uh -huh. Um... And it's just kind of like my little closet that's uh, right across from a subway stop. At which point, uh, I go down down into the subway and have been systematically murdering every single living thing down there. Um, and so, uh, so Fallout has this like really nice um, uh, perk called Blitz, mm -hmm. and Blitz Blitz makes it so you go into Vats mode and you you know select your targets just like any other fa Fallout game. Um, at which point your character will, like, rocket forward, you know, maybe, like, 15 feet and hit somebody. Possibly mm -hmm. repeatedly if you have enough AP. Well, my character only has agility, so my entire thing is, like, 
blitz sneak attacks with a sledgehammer, or uh, I got a tire, tire iron with an axe blade. So I'm literally like just Freddy Kruegering my way through a subway line, literally <laughs> teleporting in front of people. Or in certain cases where I can't figure out the pathing, I tomahawk them uh, with, with, with like, I'll, I'll like swing and then they'll fall over like 10 feet away. And, you know, they'll explode into bits and pieces. And uh, it's it's just this kind of horrifying thing. But I, I find myself the entire time kind of wishing it was, like, Dishonored, where, like, I actually cared about the people I was murdering. Like, I, I came across a town filled with people, and I'm killing them left and right because they're in my way. I literally couldn't, like, come or go because they were, uh -huh. like, cowering around me. So I'm like, I, I have to kill them <laughs> just so I can walk. Um, uh, but it's believe just this, me, from like, the loose set of morals that you usually play your characters with when I've watched you play Frost, I don't I, think he's losing any sleep over killing a town. The weird thing is, though, the most recent patch added a sanity system. Your character is supposed to go insane, but I've yet to find any, like, um, sanity reduction for my character being a psycho killer. Um, like, Wander just, will see, like, two people, like, camping, and he'll just pull out his sniper rifle. Shoot like, one in the head right. and then go at the other one with the sledgehammer. Yep. That's yep. how it works. I mean, Wander is the king of saying, I feel bad while meaning it as little as possible. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I draw bad, the line. But I actually don't give a shit. And I just said that to make myself, myself look better. <laughs> I try and play moral I'm acknowledging sometimes. that people with emotions would feel bad this way. <laughs> I heard that Wander the other day was asking you guys about superpowers and whatnot. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering about... I mean, you've been mentioning Frost and such... In a lot of games, there's always this dichotomy between flame and frost. What well, what one would you personally choose? Absolutely, ice power. powers. Not just ice power. Well, no. If we, if we have to choose between like a fire, not just power as and powers, like... but as like a concept. Oh, oh like, well. Okay, okay, you can also apply was, to powers as okay, well. Okay, so I always I I want to tangent this for a bit. I always hated reading the X-Men where Iceman was around because he was always the most boring guy ever. He's like, I can, like, shoot ice out of my hands and, like, hit people with it. I'm like, dude, freeze the air around them. Like, get a bunch of water and just, like, just mess everything up. Just, you've like, got, like, encase people in cubes of ice. You've got limitless power, and what do you do? You make them cold. You maybe freeze their limbs a bit. Uh, there are really interesting superheroes like the Flash, where you fully explore every possible concept behind how their power works and all the crazy ways it can express itself. And then there are right. superheroes where they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Iceman, like, artistically is really cool looking. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the comics have progressed, Iceman they specifically went from, like, a really <laughs> shitty looking uh, snowball <laughs> fluff dude to, yeah. like... Making the Silver Surfer look like a awkward dude in a speedo. Uh, <laughs> if, just like, you, if you Google Iceman images, you get some pretty funny fan art. You do. I do like this one with, with Iceman Surfer. He looks like a naked man wearing shoes. Is from, yeah, I like that like, one. Pre Neolithic era. You also get frozen remains. Yeah, because he's that's the Iceman. The that's oh a, yeah, that on Everest. Oh, yeah. or oh that. No, okay. no, no, it was that like that's creepy, like Neolithic uh, hunter that just died, and they found all these tattoos on his oh, skin see, and the such, Ice and they're Man. like, wow. Okay. Uh, speaking of questions, actually, Keith, you said we had a couple. We should probably yeah, was, move towards uh, that. Otherwise, we don't have time was, for it. By the way, Aunt Wander, how did I know that you were going to play Tyranny with Big Head Mode? Uh, I I actually wasn't going to. 
But um, somebody left a comment being like, ooh, big head mode, you should turn it on. And I'm like, all right, I'll leave it up to a vote. And I got like 20 comments of, from heads people being like, big head massive. mode. Massive. I could not get, I could not take this game seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't take it seriously, but honestly, <laughs> like, um, the views for Tyranny are so bad in comparison to the rest of my stuff that I'm just like, eh, whatever, yeah, whatever. anything that makes me happy. Yeah. I, I built my audience on Scrap Mechanic. I know what they'll like. A very slow CRPG with reading. Okay, I so I'm gonna be totally <laughs> yeah. honest. I'm I'm playing that for me. I grew I up with Baldur's Gate and shit. So yeah. Okay, questions. Yeah, uh, let's, let's see. There's a few. There's a few not great ones. I get out of the way really quickly. Uh, do you like mm -hmm. Sans and Papyrus? Is anyone gonna say no? <laughs> wow. I'm gonna I am not familiar enough with them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shell's I never. Know, I don't know who's gonna say no to it though. <laughs> Shell knows no, next to nothing about uh, Undertale apart from the fan base. Uh, aside from the fan art that constantly uh, plagues uh, Stevie Art, yeah. Plagues. Yeah. <laughs> Except I, I think it's tapered off now. For well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been a while. Tapered Definitely. off in the last Definitely couple months. Died Ooh. off. I. It was like off three months of like. I mean, now everyone's Undertale, 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 Undertale. Yeah. Yep. A lot That's of the next Sombra. crazy thing. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, next anyway, one. I, I wonder if Sombra one. set some kind of uh, record for being, like, the most fan art made for a character before they ever came out. <laughs> oh, maybe. Uh, I think that, that, that felt absurd. Uh, I don't know. <clears throat> the funny thing is they keep doing this whole boop thing because she boops the this one character on the nose in the trailer. Oh, yeah, she'll, she'll's jealous because I, I do that to her. Well, it, no, oh. that, that's it's what Wander had always used as some kind of greeting whenever we were talking in our IM chats. Be like, boop. I'd be like, hi. I also boop her in the nose when we wake up and she, she wiggles I'm her nose. I'm looking at like, somber mm. fan art and so much of it is My Little Pony. <laughs> There's a My I Little am Pony floored that that, unit, that fan base still exists. Isn't that show like <laughs> Hasn't that show been over for like the thing a is, while? It, it sort of extends uh, into the furry realm where everyone Kinda. has a a pony version uh, of themselves. Okay, and got, they proceed let's to illustrate breaks. Well, that's next that question. That's the, that's the Sonic the Hedgehog problem. Please, please yeah. God, next question. That's right. Okay. Shell the Hedgehog. <laughs> wait, wait. Shell the I'm Hedgehog. Not, yes. Why am I a hedgehog? I don't want to be a hedgehog. This is, this, is, this is an old meme. As a yeah. And there's a there's a Shell the Hedgehog. Wait, there's a yeah. shell the hedgehog? Who's Artemis shell? shell Libra the hedgehog. Artemis shell wow. Libra? This is the hedgehog. No, they they clearly spelled it with a S. Was it No no no? This one is C H E. So the, so the, the joke yeah. here, Shell, is that the uh, Sonic fan base is so obsessive that everyone makes their own custom Sonic character. So there's yeah, so many just, bad yeah. drawings made by eight year olds of like these Yeah. Like if you ever, put any ever, first name yeah. in front of the hedgehog, oh you my get, god! Like there, you there is something. a there is absolutely a a Wait, hedgehog equivalent on. of like those corner stores at like tourist yep. traps where you okay. get your name on a plate of something. Okay, look at uh, go for shell the hedgehog. Okay, go to images. I'm on images. Yeah. Yes. Okay, the second one. The second one that like like a uh, stuffed. Stitchy yeah, thing, people, the make, plushy? people make dolls and yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, it's, it's like yeah. creepy rouge. It's like a rouge hedgehog. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's like bad plushy design, so it's like weird <laughs> yeah. and lumpy. Here, well, it I'm like not a... so sold on it. 
It looks I'm like throwing Rouge this on display capture for a second. The, there we go. Now people can see the this. The lady from Roger Rabbit. I forget what God, her name that's, is. God, this Jessica is just Rabbit. uncomfortable. Jessica Rabbit with Sonic's Her arms aren't even her the head. same length. Okay. She's got like one arm up and it's like shorter and her thumbs are like Hey, huge. admittedly, plushie making is a difficult craft. It's hard. You have to but... go through several iterations, except I was lucky and I only had to make one pattern that I adjusted one time for my dragons. Uh-huh. But. Okay. Well. If I had to do anything with more limbs and stuff, then I'd have an issue. Okay. Oh, can, I, can we have an another question, though? Oh, yeah. wait. This, this one actually isn't fitting. This was... And this, this example you're talking about is actually made by someone la named Lita Michelle. It's called Breezy the Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just <laughs> anyway. it just showed up. Anyway, Question. going on from yes. that, uh, someone asks, have you written any fan fiction? Nope. Uh, uh, no. I don't think I have. I, I will admit I've been uh, I've actually been super tempted to write some Ono oh Necromancer fan fiction. <laughs> oh god, we'll get, the fuck we'll get to that in a minute because because Bird <laughs> got questions was, on that. Was, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, no. so Bird's gonna have to explain You're that in a minute. Kidding me? Yeah. Huh? Uh, I did. No. I, had, I think I technically have written fan fiction. Okay. So let let me Google. Let's see. Uh well, while you figure that out. Um, no, I was in a creative writing class uh, uh -huh. last semester, and somebody for one of their assignments actually submitted Doctor Who fan fiction. Oh no! Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. One of Starring one a of female Doctor. So just write she also had a chip on her shoulder. You just write any sci-fi. Uh, oh god. One yes. of our friends was in a creative writing class, and she had to grade someone else's paper or their creative writing story, and it was an Aurelia X. Who's the guy with the big mustache and like Bunkle? And Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger, and... yeah, yeah. So uh. it was an Aurelia X Heimerdinger uh, fan fiction. It and, was. And who did uh, they have as their child? I forget. Annie and. So Annie, Annie was their it's child. It's been so long. They had two kids and it didn't make any sense. I think it was like Timo <laughs> and Annie. I don't know. But it was. It, they were turning in fan fiction for their creative writing class. Just. It was horrifying. It. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. Keith, so I, I've you're... established a timetable here. So I, okay. I had to Google the Matrix Online closed beta to figure out the timing of this. So it, uh, this would have so this would have been in two thousand four. Uh, okay. I think it's technically fan fiction. What happened is the Matrix Online was coming out, and I liked the Matrix movies because I was too young to realize that the sequels were bad yet. And, oh, wait, uh, so did you make a Matrix character for your character in Matrix so the, Online? So the Matrix Online was coming yeah. out, and I downloaded the beta, and it took all day, because it was old, like, it was oh, either dial-up yeah, or back. DSL, like, incredibly uh -huh. old yeah. internet at the time. And mm -hmm. I then found out for the first time, because I never, I, this was like foreign concept to me at the time, that my little 14-year-old me didn't realize my computer couldn't run it. So in the first Aww. place, so all that time was totally wasted. So you wasted. wrote fan art instead? Well, I went on the forums, and I encountered for the first time uh, forum role-playing. Oh. And uh, there was, like, some sort of developing... Uh, there was, like, a big developing plot where, like... Uh, it must have been like 16 different people with their own characters writing in first person developing the story. Uh -huh. and, it was, yeah. and it was weird because it was, like, it was not... It wasn't like chat room role playing where you just type a sentence or whatever. It was like you type like a paragraph. It was you'd, you paragraphs. would essentially type like an essay sometimes of like the next chapter yeah. from your perspective, oh, yeah. and everyone would take turns basically. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the so, thing is, 
I did that. That was fun. So I wrote an incredibly uh, cringe self-insert character, basically, <laughs> where it was someone who was mute and could only communicate by, like, they they, they went around with, like, this, uh, it was, like, this reflective plate, and they could bend it with their brain, like the, like, like the spoon scene and stuff like that, and they could, so like, they write on it morphs? with their mind. Or they'd write it. And oh. but before long, I basically realized that I had essentially created Edward Elric in the Matrix universe <laughs> as my self-insert <laughs> character. But nice. I wrote like almost weirdly elaborate, like multi-page chapters for this RP, and then and then one day I just stopped going back. I don't remember what happened to it. The whole thing must have happened for the course of a few days. But I was like slightly obsessed in writing way too much about it. But then I guess I think I just forgot about uh-huh. it almost immediately yeah. too. You see, my my parents never allowed me to interact with people online. Or so I never played an online game, online forums, mm-hmm. anything when I was young. But my friends and I would pass around a notebook and we each made a character and would write a chapter from our character's limited third person perspective, but we obviously we would have them interacting with all the other characters and it would push a narrative along and we would mm-hmm. consult with one another as to what was going to happen. But it all just leads back to Ono oh Necromancer. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm just waiting to hear what uh, questions. Well, you should my tell us stories. We would make characters for anime. I think it was so, mostly Inuyasha. So I, I will admit, I actually did the exact same thing as Keith, but over the course of a year, because uh, oh. it was me and like some close I think friends. It was yeah. a weekend for me. It, it wasn't. It wasn't the Matrix. I think it started as like a. It might have been a Legend of Zelda thing, but, like, it very obviously was not content-wise. I think, like, Mm -hmm. for maybe, like, two chapters, somebody was, like, trying to bring it back to Zelda. And then we're like, this is dumb. (laughs) And then we use time travel to get away from their dumb story that they were trying to push. Uh, I think Um, I did kind of the same, like, forum game, now that I think about it, with, like, uh, what was it? Mega Tokyo. Oh my! Really? <laughs> what was wow, that's that that's thing worse. To think about. What's I don't know what's worse now, that or oh no, necromancer. I wrote one <laughs> chapter of a of a of a forum RP ish game for Mega Tokyo. Does he? What's does, Mega Tokyo? Can okay, does that still exist? I don't fucking know. I'm Probably. looking this up. It's been going on since like. 2000, I think. Whoa, it's so it's, it's a, a it's an old manga. I have a it's question a, for my chat, Bird. What's the worst thing you ever read? Mega Tokyo. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, <laughs> roasted. <laughs> okay, so the answer is August 31st, May 20th are the most recent things. Can I see if there's like? I um, just see a girl that's saying, "Have you come to witness my death?" Yeah, it's Mega Tokyo is one of those web comics archives. that like ran off the rails almost instantaneously. Yeah, so I'd love like to make boxer hockey someday. Yeah, well, no, but like boxer hockey ran off the rails and like it was kind of tolerable. There is no like dating on this, short which pack. sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the thing about like um Mega Tokyo is it's a it's a manga about two guys that get stuck in Japan. In Japan, they went for like some gaming convention. But it looks apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, uh. I mean, maybe I don't know, but they're stuck in Japan. And they don't have any money, and like they somehow manage to like, yeah. No, but it, it's, it's written by bad. it's written by an American guy and drawn by an American guy, and it's uh, very well, like self-insert. I think he's American. One of the authors he? like left a long time ago. Oh it's yeah, just uh, done by one person now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's been cycling out, but it's one of those where the um, 
the the like artist author guy that's still pushing it along is totally the um is totally like the main character with the way like it's written and it's really awkward and like there's several girls in love with him and like yeah there's robots and superpowers going on in the background and Uh like there were definitely like elements of that story that were kind of cool the like secondary character was like kind of mental and would like Uh go off to fight robots every once in a while and you just like everybody else would be having a normal day really it was just like a low level of like wackadoo yeah. At all times and like but no I was cohesion. Like, I I was like, I want that wackadoo. Like that's that's the reason why I still read it. I also read it, I think, in like seventh or eighth grade, where like right. it was kind of perfectly targeted at me. Yes. Um but I just just like it's I was just for thirsting long. for that wackadoo wackadoo. It's been around yeah. since two thousand. It's it's been going for sixteen years. That's absurd. Mm. The art didn't get it any is. better. It is. One of the longest running webcomics. I just hit first yeah. comic, <laughs> jumping from the, the most recent one in 2016 to the first one. The art got no better. <laughs> no, it, it didn't. Got, it, it got a little bit same. better. He got, yeah, he got a guys, hell of a lot better doing the environments. If you guys have ever seen something like Zap with an exclamation point at the end, like the first chapters, like yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, uh, no, it's Zap. Mind. Like Lightning Bolt Zap. Yeah. Well, yeah, her first stuff was, like, crayon levels of shitty. I don't know if it was crayon, necessarily, but now it's, you know, really nicely vectored and shaded and such, and yeah, people keep working at it. It really pushes you to do more. I always like looking at the progress that happened in Penny Arcade. Yeah, Penny Mm -hmm. Arcade is, like, really quite pretty. Well, okay, so Penny Arcade started out as a comic that I could have drawn (laughs) Like, yeah. I, would, I absolutely could have. The thing about Penny Arcade, though, is uh, at this point, Penny Arcade itself is not drawn by the original creators. Uh, they have, like, a whole slew of interns to do it for them. Maybe, oh. uh, maybe What's-His-Face does the, uh, does the pencils, but uh-huh. he's, uh, you can actually tell when they, uh, when they hired, like, a bunch of artists to take over yeah. for them, because the style okay. went, like, 180. Not that it's a bad thing, it's just super noticeable for me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Any more okay. questions, Keith? What's weird to me is that uh, I th- I'm not entirely sure, but I think as much time has passed between the start of Penny Arcade and the launch of the Rainslick Precipice of Darkness, and then the time after that to now. Yes. Oh, interesting. So, like, so those video games are like a really weird like midpoint Half of the art way? style is what is what it's based yeah. on. Like it's really yes. strange. Like I still picture that as the penny arcade art style but it's it's been like it's been like eight years <laughs> like it's been a long time since precipice of darkness came out which is yeah. weird to think about yeah. i tried the, uh, uh i tried re uh like playing those games when they came out i just they were funny but i also couldn't i don't know <laughs> they're kind of the gameplay was very kind of awkward yeah, yeah. I enjoyed them. They're uh, they're too short for me. They were too short to get bored. Okay. The episodes, one and two, episodes one and two are are like five hours long, practically. Just I like think de- <clears> just like the Death Spank games would be after that because it's the same. I developer. think what happened was I like turned a three right and four much and longer. I think I get, I think I like turned to right and got kind of stuck in an area filled with like really high level enemies as soon as the tutorial ended. And I was like, this is kind of stupid. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. I was you played it for like, like five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, but it was like enough that I was just like it. It poisoned the well really do you early. Guys, do you guys know really what the weird thing on. is that happened to that series? Uh, what they had like a huge issue with their developer, and uh, more or less like 
lost a lot of progress and had to start over and that's why oh. the uh, game style changes halfway through yeah the first oh. two oh, the episodes one and two are made by i think hothead the people that made uh, uh death spank and so they're yeah. it's this yeah, 3d yeah, yeah. style and it's all cartoony and it's these top-down games and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh but then yeah they had the fa- they had some kind of falling out and they thought the series was canceled to the point where they actually sh- like I think they even published in text form like the rest of the story of the of the series on their website at one mm-hmm. point because they thought it was dead. But then mm-hmm. way later, the uh, Breath of Death Eight and Cthulhu Saves the World developer went on to, uh, to get a deal with them. Yeah, they made they made wow. uh, episode three and four. So episode three and three and four are top down sprite based turn based combat games, whereas yes. the first two games were like <laughs> weird like. The first two games were like the Mario no RPGs, like Mario That's really Luigi. Interesting. It's in fact, a, a weird. Like out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the series went from being like Mario and Luigi RPGs to being uh, like uh-huh. old Final Fantasy games. <laughs> but they're they're so weirdly like off kilter, humorous and bizarre. Like you'll be fighting weird ass things and having mm-hmm. weird joke descriptions for everything. That like they're just really interesting to play through for, just for the weird quirks, and that only gets amplified mm-hmm. by. Getting to the sequel, the sequels where there are games where every time you highlight stuff, descriptions pop up because it's an old RPG and like so mm-hmm. they get to write stupid things for everything all the time, and it's great. I love I love games with dumb descriptions of uh, stuff. Oh yeah. shit, that reminds me. Like, I, like uh, in Penny Arcade, you can find deep crows, but then you can find the deeper crow, and his description is like deep down <laughs> in the guts of the world, they grow some big. I'm like, I love this game. <laughs> the deepest crow. Yeah, like you can be like all these straightforward character roles, or you can be like a mime or a, or a gumshoe, because why not? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this actually reminds me, uh, I, I finally beat World of Final Fantasy after like binging the shit out of it this past week. Because okay. I didn't want to be playing a uh, f- two Final, two Final Fantasy at games at the same time. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that that's that would be ugh, that'd be a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last boss is quite possibly the most obnoxious last boss I've ever run into in an RPG. His main attack makes you uh, silences you and confuses you. And Whoop. Yeah, boy. So and you then just his, physical attack him for the entire and, fight as you deplete his health. Sounds he gets faster great. and faster. And the uh-huh. game also has this, uh, you stack your monsters on top of each other, which is uh-huh. normally, like, a really cool system, but he knocks you over, and then he attacks you four times, killing your entire party, and so I'm just, like, sitting there mega-phoenixing and, like, mega-potioning myself <laughs> over and over and over again, just so I, like, I'm not going to lose, and, uh, it was just this, like, weird, like, everything was super casual, like, I literally could have uh-huh. walked away during the prior boss fight, and just let my guys auto attack him, just hitting him in the face a bunch. And then immediately, um, part of the problem was, uh, it, while my guys were confused, uh, mm-hmm. they both had counter, uh, like abilities. So it's like if I hit you, you'd hit me back. Mm-hmm. Except for they would start hitting each other because of confusion, like a lot. Oh. Um, so I was actually Domino. just as, like, yeah, I was just as vulnerable to myself as that. And it was actually, like, really interesting, because very rarely do bosses, like, really, like, push those status effects, especially at the very end of the game. Usually it's mm. just, like, really heavy hits and a lot of health, and it's like, okay, you know, you can deal with this, and it's really cinematic. And I was just like, during this fight, it's just like, this is pure bullshit, and I hate everything. So I And then, ask, of course, I forgot to save before that. I have yes. to ask, because it's the, it's now been their fifth chance to do this. 
uh, another fourth chance to do this. Did they did they finally give Lightning a personality? Yeah, actually, all of uh, Lightning, uh, <laughs> Titus, Cloud are all actually like relatively likable characters. Like Lightning oh, cool. is still kind of her like grumpy, less than likable self, but like Cloud makes some jokes. Titus isn't really annoying and stupid. Um, they made him a little bit too bro-y, but like <laughs> he was talking for a while and I was just like, I actually like this Titus. They picked a great voice actor because I don't think it's the same one. Um, hmm. But I was actually like, I kind of wish they'd actually go back and like remake these characters because they did a great job with the like making the chibis likable and interesting. Yeah, uh, they, almost they to the point where... Like the the main series became such self-parody for me because lightning was such a weird cardboard cutout with no personality and so difficult to even stomach and then the sequel she gets to, she's not in the franchise at all and then the third game the trope supposedly is that they removed her personality and emotions because she's like a vehicle of god now or something and i'm like what's the difference this was the joke for me because i'm like i can't yes. fucking I, I, she had one to take like she was a terrible protagonist for a, an rpg series I find that for Final Fantasy games, it seems like the protagonists are always the, you know, vibrant young youth who is imbued yeah, they with special switch, abilities, they switch between or they're the, the hardened warrior. Yeah, who they switch between goofy, dumb kid, and uh, like kind of grim, dark soldier guy. And now for fifteen, they're doing both at kind of at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> they got a whole group of people. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I was watching a little bit of their anime, and then we also saw the uh, the prequel movie. I still hope there's mm. female characters, because I don't... There are not going to be female characters in the playable characters section, but uh... there are going to be, like, female, like, it just, supporting characters. It better characters. not be, just be... Dude, I Beyonce. am I am super down for, like... Isn't Sid a woman, you know, though? Uh, no, no, Sid is a dude, and I think guy. evil, if I remember uh. right. Oh, there, there is a chick though. You're right. Yeah, isn't the blonde girl from the demo Sid? Uh, oh, no, did no, you no, ever play like episode Duche? Oh, uh, you're right. Sid is the chick with the. Uh, I didn't see it. Sorry, I was thinking of uh, a different Sid. Is this like um, the L Sid or C? Sid? Is I, I was the bad thinking. Guy I was getting zero. Yeah, that's what I was getting confused with. I Sid has been like a bad guy once or twice, and I was getting confused because for a second I thought uh, Sid was one of the one of the two evil guys from the movie. But it's also been a long time, so it's... Yeah, Sid looks like uh, Riku in the new game, basically. Yeah. Ooh, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't Riku your backup waifu, Bird? <laughs> backup waifu? At, well, you, you mentioned Riku, but then you bet backpedaled and mentioned Jinx. And I was like... What? Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm alarmed. Riku, Riku is a uh, second to Jinx. We didn't. I thought we had this conversation. We did we on did. the I podcast. Totally forgot. I forgot. We, no, this we've is had this conversation. Mechanic. It was a scrap mechanic thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we were is. we were talking about uh, we were playing scrap and had nothing to talk about game wise because we were building shit. And so Bird asked like, "What was our like childhood waifu, waifu or whatever?" Yeah. And God, I don't even remember what my answer was. It was boring. But Bird's yeah. was Jinx. And so, if you're on our Discord right now, by the way, Bird has a portrait yes. of himself, his face, on a Jinx body, which is really, <laughs> really freaking weird, given the context. Uh, <laughs> I've just become one with my waifu, dude. You don't, uh, need, to, he, you don't need to waifu shame me. 
People have come to the conclusion. <laughs> no, I'm just calling. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just pointing it out so everybody is on the same level of context as me. Were, like, or or jinx and stuff. Yeah, uh, were the aliens? Okay, so Ew. no, they just were. They always were something other than human. That's just because they happen to be the noble characters. And yes, oh, right, everybody right. listening, this is Jinx, as in the Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> okay, do we have any more so, questions? I'm just looking at this and like, there's yeah, a... We should probably move towards wrapping this up in the yeah. time. The, yeah. There's actually a surprising amount of evidence, though, for like a like a comparison of characters. Like, I, I think I've t- pointed out to you guys before, like the Sion versus Sora situation, where... The main uh-huh. character of yeah. Kingdom Hearts looks exactly like a previous character that Square Enix uh... made in The Bouncer. I'm looking at Riku from Final Fantasy X-2 and Sid from 15, and they're both like, they both, like, one has ye- yellow bra, the other one has yellow, like, jacket. They bo- One has, like, short shorts, the other one has a uh, short skirt that's the exact same mm-hmm. length, just one has legs. One has a red scarf, the other one has a red hat. They both have, like, super boots, exposed legs. They both have, a like, exaggerated belt with pouches on it. Like, it's actually weird how many similarities there are again. Good yeah. lord, I'm looking at Riku from 10 too, and I forgot. That, you, oh, they were not wearing a whole lot of clothes. She <laughs> was a skank She's just wearing a, a mini skirt and a bra. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 there's see, a thong. Everyone seems uh, to forget uh, Pain, oh, yeah, though. She was the third member of that troop. Pain and... was wearing the most amount of clothes comparatively. Are you telling yes, me this without love? For, even though with Pain, There was you can't get one enough. or two outfits where she was wearing way less than everybody else. But I don't remember. Wasn't she sort of gothy? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang she on. She always wore black leather or something? It, it is amusing how yes. about 50% of Riku's clothing is on her arms. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna show you a picture, and I want you to tell me. Does it look like Riku has, like, one tiny, tiny baby hand in this picture? <laughs> what? Well, that's because she's wearing fingerless gloves. Yeah. But... It looks like she's got, like, one little, like, yeah. itty-bitty baby but hand. But, yeah, the fingers... Because she's, <laughs> she's got the super exaggerated sleeves and I just, fingerless I gloves. I just like yeah. the weird seagull. Weird. I like yeah. the weird, like, butt seagull that you they've got going on. Oh, what the hell? She doesn't have a butt seagull. <laughs> Yeah, but oh yeah, Man. But you, you, you she couldn't... looks like a hoey pirate wearing a scarf. How is that seagull so big? I don't know. You couldn't lift your leg <laughs> without flashing someone. It's That's also the scale without... makes no sense. With how loose that drawstring is on her bra, that those would come undone pretty quick. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, honestly, her tiny miniskirt kind of explains why her combat stance looks like she's cross-legged. Yeah, both of her knees this. are pointing towards towards each other while she's crouching. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, ex- that's good for stability, uh... right? It's a real power stance to have your I th- knees. I think she looked the same in the last game, too, as far as the po- pose goes, but it looks sillier when you realize, when once you add the like the opening to the options. <laughs> I'm just going to let my stream see this. All right, Super so we're going to close this on Bird yes. explaining uh, Oh No Necromancer or, or whatever. Cause oh, yeah, the Oh No Necromancer thing. We, can, yeah. we already opened that and we can't close it. <laughs> okay. Bird. We can't just tease people. Uh, do you, do and you I need me to do it? it? I think. <laughs> do I need? I think you want to do it. I mean, now what is Ono oh Necromancer? Can you bring up an okay. image of that? No, there's no images. No, no, there's no, there's no Ono oh Necromancer. Baron, you art. should, you should explain it. What I, I it? can't ask my way through a good description of it. <laughs> you gotta do this. It's your, right. it's your, it's your dark past. All right. So, uh, in elementary school. Uh, me and a bunch of my friends, we, um, 
started a round robin writing story. Oh yeah. And uh I it was um starring us with like author self inserts uh in a um like a vampire hunting agency. <laughs> and so uh but we also haunted like necromancers and the undead and stuff like paranormal that, blah blah blah. Stuff. It was like paranormal stuff. It was kind of like SCP, if you think about it. It was like SCP crossed with XCOM. So I came up with the idea and I did actually just basically say it was XCOM but for um the undead instead. <gasps> so... evolving. Shh. <laughs> Anywho, uh, anywho, so the, uh, the, um, that, that's like the kernel of the, of, of the story. And, uh, so we had all our little self-insert characters and we just traded around and, uh, I was the muscle. One of my friends was like the brains behind the operation and the chief financier. Another mm -hmm. guy was, uh, he, he had like magic powers and stuff. And, was he uh, part any kind of supernatural entity or was it just magic that he no. came across no okay because there's always no, that, that one character that's that... part vampire or something and they're like oh, i'm joining up with you guys to hunt my own kind no no thank god we didn't have that but I, my character was like super <laughs> animu like he had swords <laughs> and was stuff. he elric too Oh, no. We could be Elric together, Bird. Okay, come on, come on, Bird. So, so there's some follow through here. You've been through this once. You can you, once. You can do it again. Okay. So, um, then uh, as a as a joke, I decided to uh, write a spinoff musical <laughs> about the Round Robin story, um, which was a prequel to this story. Where it was uh, us running into a graveyard where mm. a necromancer was summoning <laughs> the armies of the undead. And I titled this musical, Oh No Necromancer. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that's epic. Okay. I, so I titled it, Oh No Necromancer. And Did there the was one. Sing a song? I, don't uh, really... I just want to point out this whole story happened too because during a scrap mechanic playthrough, you suddenly said, "I've written a musical before." Why did I say this sentence out loud? Yep. <laughs> yeah, there was like immediate regret halfway through the word music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm regretting it again. So there you go. <laughs> so anyway, I um, uh, I don't. Uh, uh, the, the whole thing's lost to the sands of time, but I will say this. I went to a store, and mm -hmm. I got manuscript paper, oh. and I printed out, like, the first, like, five scenes in the style of, like, a musical script mm -hmm. with, like, one of those push-button, um, like, pins to, like, hold yeah. the, the, the manuscript together. I went classy with this thing. <laughs> and uh and then I like shared it with my friends. And there was only like one number and I barely remember it, but it was basically something like, Oh no, necromancer, oh no, necromancer. I mean you laugh, but Repo the genetic opera is a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was a whole, genetic that's opera a real movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I showed it to one of my friends, and here's like a little addendum just to just another little deet that I'm remembering from back then. <laughs> just to make sure that's not just a complete, like, retelling of everything I said in Scrap Mechanic. Um, mm -hmm. So, 
Another detail was I showed it to one of my friends who was actually a part of the round robin story, and he read it and laughed his ass off and then handed it back to me. And then later on, apparently, like, he had a conversation with one of my other friends, which was, by the way, what was uh, what was that dumbass thing that uh, Adam gave me to read earlier? He apparently just flipped through it in front of my face. And didn't actually read it, but just pretended that he read it. And he just laughed. Uh, he laughed without he reading just, like, it. Laughed like <laughs> occasionally, and <I> was, <laughs> and and then when they when he like got told like what it was, he was like, "Oh shit!" So then he like came uh, over to me like a couple minutes later and was like, "Can I see that again?" And I was like, "Okay," but I didn't uh, I didn't know that they that conversation had like taken place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I did hear about it later, I was like, "Well." Okay. He didn't. He, so, <laughs> I had and then he, the whole he actually like got like super into the idea. Everyone was like, "This is like really stupid that you're doing it, but it's really funny." <laughs> and uh, that's that's really all I remember. That's how successful about, oh, no, web Necromancer. series are born. <laughs> if this, if my legacy be, turns out to turn all the way around. <laughs> And wrap around to Oh No Necromancer. You become that's, executive that producer of my... Oh No Necromancer. That, that's, a, that's a cool assignment. Write, write a musical about a necromancer. I mean, weird. I'd, I'd be I'd too busy trying to come up with taglines oh no for it instead of actually writing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So because of your story, we got two questions inspired by such. One... Uh, by anonymous is a uh, bird. What is the worst song you made? What is the worst song I made? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are we doing this? I mean, I there are it. the ones I sing about. <laughs> why, why do bad things happen things. to good people? Okay, what's I the mean, what's the second question? What's the second question? Uh, the other question is, Bird, for any of your musicals, did it get to the point you thought about costumes for the actor? <laughs> okay. okay, the answer to that one is no. <laughs> okay, I, I can I interject? Sure. So, my friends and I, we did this, it was sort of like a round-robin thing, but not quite. We actually had a creative writing club in our uh-huh. high school, and we decided that we were going to make a a full-length movie and -hmm. it was going to be so cool and my character was this uh creature from another dimension that had been drawn in by an evil sorceress played by another one of my friends and he was like the gate guardian but Mm -hmm. you know obviously being stripped from his post and brought into the real world which was sort of like a medieval europe Mm -hmm. uh he had no way of getting back and the sorcerer had promised to aid him in that endeavor all the while trying to use him for his power to reclaim a bunch of stones to yeah okay i, I won't go into too much detail but okay. at one of course p- you will <laughs> I-, I had made i had made my entire costume and it is wow. awesome i huh. it, it so um, imagine if you will uh leather gauntlets with retractable arm blades I actually, mm. I actually uh, cannibalized some old lightsabers from a carnival. You know, the ones that are yellow at the tip, then pink, then white, then green? Did you guys ever get carnival lightsabers? Like the little flashlight no. ones? No idea. Uh, okay. 
So I'd actually, you know, taken the blades off of them because they had since broken off and painted them silver. And yeah, they were awesome retractable blades. Uh, the creature had tail, horns. Imagine like all of like the predator dreadlocks with the uh -huh. metal uh, rings around them and such. And, mm -hmm. you know, a face mask with fangs and everything. It was a really cool costume. I actually wore it to college uh, for my first Halloween and everyone really mm -hmm. loved it. And I think also for my third Halloween, people really loved it. Uh, it actually freaked some people out, especially the girls in the bathroom. <laughs> well, they All right, made, made so I will answer. Just has that. Okay. But I will answer the first question that was asked to me, and then mm -hmm. I hope that we can all move past <laughs> these topics and uh, close out the podcast for yeah. the night. Yeah, we're ready to go, never. I think. Okay. By the way, so we have the never, worst song. We've never had a what? single podcast shorter than like 100 minutes in the series yet. I know. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. <laughs> anyway, so the uh I remember the very first uh song I ever wrote and finished. Um this was back in high school. I was uh in a band <laughs> called The Half Asian Experience. Oh wait, you mean like a, a band band, like a, a punk band with a drummer and a guitarist yep, and yep, stuff? Yep, yep, or, okay. Yep. Okay. I, and, that's uh, we I, had that's like every high schooler's half, dream to be a mega band. Yeah, yeah. I, I was in three bands in high school. Anyway, oh. so the first band I was in was called the Half Asian Experience because half the band members were Asian. <laughs> and uh, it was their idea. They wanted. They were head over yep. heels, like with this yeah, idea. I, it I was had, their I word. Had friends in elementary <laughs> yes. school that actually had a group name that was like shockingly similar. Continue. Yeah. So the half Asian experience was um, a collaborative project between me, uh, this one guy who uh, could barely play the bass, and another guy who was really really good at the guitar. But he only owned really shitty cheap guitars. This is a Aww. very important detail. Very important detail. You have to keep that in mind for later. And another guy who only owned an electric drum set. Mm. So we were obviously... It was This awful. is the cream of the crop. You, you really. can fix that yeah. in post-production, right? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we didn't even delude ourselves that much. <laughs> so we, you, Can we, you just fix my talent in post? <laughs> <laughs> we decided we were going to compete in the um, talent show and uh -oh. uh, at school. And so we put together one song and recorded it. And uh, I was the... Songwriter, lyricist, keyboardist, and singer. Okay. Did anyone else it sing was... with you for so like? So you're, you're like the trumpet player from nah? Cake. Yeah, I am like the trumpet like player from Cake. Like one guy plays like seven things. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, uh, we we released one original song and recorded it, and um, okay. Can, can you sing a verse from it? Anything? Do you I have can it? sing a verse from it because I remember it. Do I have it? No, no, oh, thank no. God, I don't. You didn't upload it to like MySpace or something, like some no. long forgotten page where I can rip it and maybe no, no, include no, no, it no, at no. the end of the podcast. You can find probably, you can find my other bands, but good luck. I'm <laughs> not, not telling you about them. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Oh, 
Not if I found it, could I use it? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We, we do need some background <laughs> music for this podcast. I fi- find they're kind of quiet. and Background yeah. music is a bad idea, I think. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're a crazy person, and you can add your own background music, you crazy person who needs music for everything. I'm going to go turn on some yeah. music. So we I had was, a, as somebody who listens to podcasts almost constantly, none of them so use music. I remember... <laughs> I remember part of the lyrics. Uh, the song was called. It was autobiographical in nature. Let's just say oh it was called Rock Band. Okay. And it was about us deciding to put together the half Asian experience. Because <laughs> it's all we. That's all we knew about life at that point. They say to write what you know. Well, we. We uh we spilled the beans early, um, and if I re- I only remember I don't remember the first couple of lines, but I remember some of them, uh, and if I remember they go something like, uh the the chorus was um, so welcome to our show now give us a hand because we're a rock band. <laughs> Now you are the songwriter, so this is all your fault. Yeah, we are the opening band. Probably not the (laughs) band you came to see tonight, but it's all right. Soon we'll go away. Yeah, (laughs) funny. You know that? You know that is Paul and Storm. That's a that's Cake, right? That's a Paul and Storm. Yeah. So that's uh, those are the lyrics from the half Asian we... experience and uh, <laughs> I don't really remember the the melody so much. I mean, I do have the I do remember the melody, but I have way too much dignity to sing it, so. Really? Sorry. I I remember it like it was yesterday how the melody goes <laughs> for the the little shred of lyrics that I remember. Well, love is <laughs> such an easy thing to say. Mm-hmm. I stumbled on whether or not I even knew the words for a second there. <laughs> Crap. Classic. So that's the worst song I ever wrote. It was also the first song I ever wrote. Uh, I wrote a lot of other really, really shitty songs too, but that's the worst one. I find I, I accidentally write interesting songs while performing mundane tasks. Uh huh. So I could write a song about chopping onions. I write <laughs> songs in my sleep. I'm not having <laughs> luck because everyone has your name. That's good. You have a I don't very want common you to have name. Luck. I, I was like, I don't want you to have luck. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if he ever made this. And like, no, he's okay. not from Nova it's, Scotia. It's, it's homework <laughs> for next time, Keith. 